Sean Cook. Hey. Thanks for coming, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, really, uh, really stoked. Really stoked uh, you're here. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to jump into it. Clusters of Fornication, man. You like the name? Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Very uh, attention-grabbing. Yeah. Very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Yeah. What's the uh, What's the story behind that? How'd you come uh, up with that? Uh, I just thought it was a clever way to say clusterfuck. Mm. Yeah, it is that for sure. Yeah, and it, it fits the music, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. How uh, how'd you get that whole thing started? Well, I've been doing music for a long time. I've known Ryan, God, for probably like a decade and a half or so. We used to play in same shows with like when he was a Bleak House, and I think he was in Lash Forty One. I'm not certain, but I know he's played at a lot of bands that we have like just kind of orbited each other. Yeah, and uh, we were the only like dark wave or gothic type of artists in the area, so we just kind of played shows that were the same. Yeah, yeah, that. Uh, yeah, you both kind of fit that that theme. Oh yeah. Where did the um where the synth ideas come from? Just man, part of it? Man, I've been playing keyboard since I was about 14. Um, I begged my grandmother for one when I was a kid. I was like, I've got to have a fucking keyboard. And she got me this cheap little Casio. And yeah, I started plucking around on it. Then I started getting into bigger and better things as I got older. And when I was able to work, I just like bought myself some really good ones. And I've had some nice ones over the years. But now I'm just kind of like, got very small ones now. Just really portable. Yeah. Yeah. And, the uh, portability is important, especially if you're uh playing shows. Oh, Set yeah. up and break down makes it easier. Oh yeah, yeah. My uh, my best friend's mom taught piano, so I I taught I, I learned piano from her. And my mother taught guitar, so I learned to play guitar on a Martin 12 string, but I'm, I'm rubbish at guitar, but I'm already at keyboards. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. You just enjoy it more? Yeah, matter of fact, all the guitar sounds that are on there are all sampled. I just like took took the guitar I had and ran them through some effects and then ran them through my sampler because it's just a lot easier. Yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. tuning a guitar. Yeah, yeah, guitar. I've been playing guitar a long time and I've I've always dabbled around in uh, in keyboard and I love love synthesizers, love the sound. Oh yeah, love the uh, the mood, you know. Uh, but I've never, I guess, just really taken the time. To, to really learn it it's all just fiddle farting around you know i grew up in south arkansas where everyone is uh kind of i don't know a little bit more country and i, I just stood out like a sore thumb you know this kid i had like this jet black hair shaved all the way around the side wore eyeliner to school and and they just kind of gave me a wide berth <laughs> <laughs> i was a town freak what a what part of South Arkansas? Oh, <laughs> you're going to laugh. Um, smack over. Nice. Yeah. Smack over. That's uh, very South Arkansas. And, and it, the smack over was actually, uh, the name was actually rednecked from the original French pronunciation, which was Sumacouver. Sumacouver. Yeah, which was uh, the Cove of Sumac. And uh, they're like, I can't pronounce that shit. Just call it smack over. Interesting. <laughs> That's literally how they got the name. I did not know that. <laughs> so I grew up in South Arkansas, and uh, as soon as I can get up to Central Arkansas, when I was about seventeen, I did. Yeah. And got away from all that, and just to come where there was more yeah. shit happening. Yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. I first started in Hot Springs, 
I lived there for like 30 years, but there was a lot more happening there than there was in South Arkansas for sure. But there's nothing happening there that like there is here. Yeah. And even here, it's kind of small compared to some other places up in. Oh, for sure. For sure. This is definitely the hub of the, the area. Uh, but even still, I, we, actually, it was just a couple a couple shows ago, I learned that Little Rock doesn't even have a million people. No, no, I don't think it has a half a million, does it? Mm-mm. Yes, Te- it's like a training bra for a city. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Technically, it's not even classified as a city, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah it is crazy. I don't think uh, Atlanta has that many people either, but it has more than Little Rock. It's a, still a small city, Atlanta, comparatively speaking. Really? Well, at least it was back in the day, but... I think of Atlanta as a pretty big hub. I think I think it has like about a million people in Atlanta, which is still kind of small compared to like New York and places like that. Yeah. It's, maybe it's a little bit more than a Your big, million. big, big majors. Yeah. Really though, yeah, I guess over there in the southeast, you got what, Miami? It's a, probably a little bigger. Yeah, everything's up a straight line all the way up the coast. Yeah. I love it over there. The east coast? Oh, yeah, yeah. East coast is nice. You can just go from one place to another. You can just take a train all the way up and down. Yeah, I haven't spent uh, much time on the in the southeast. Um, quite a bit up in the northeast area. I've got some family up around Philly, mm-hmm. uh, New Jersey, but Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where my mom came from originally. Oh, nice, nice. My mom came from Cali. Really? Yeah. What part out there do you know? Uh, Ontario. Okay. Yeah. That's uh north. I don't know where the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is um. Her her parents were Brits, and uh, they immigrated over here when she was little, and uh, they were working out there for years, I suppose. Anyway, they ended up living in the desert before it was all said and done in Twenty Nine Palms. Really? Yeah, and they were very British. What was uh? How old were they when they moved out there? Mm, they came over to America like in the late fifties, mid late fifties. And uh, so I'm assuming they were probably in their 40s. I always have this um, weird interest of what draws people to the desert. Yeah. I've never been able to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, my grandfather, I think he worked out close to Pendleton, which is uh, out in the desert, the Marine base. Pendleton? I'm not Camp Pendleton, sure that's yeah. Yeah, I, I've, there was, I spent about a week in phoenix one time Mm -hmm. in like july or august and it was miserable oh yeah i don't understand dry fucking heat man yeah make your nose bleed it's terrible been there a bunch same in vegas though yeah i haven't spent much time in vegas i do remember though like walking across the pavement and my feet being hot with shoes on Mm -hmm. it's crazy oh yeah yeah fuck that and there's no, there's nothing there. I don't. I can't figure out what draws people to the desert. Mm-mm. Yeah, but there's a whole culture. There is, man, and it it goes rooted deep too. There's a huge goth culture in the desert, it's, which is really weird. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Especially out between between Vegas and and California, that whole area. There's just they have like festivals upon festivals out in the middle of the damn desert. That's pretty interesting too. That's kind of how I uh, picked up on that type of music. I don't. My stuff's not really goth per se it's just kind of dark wave yeah but everyone out there they're like some diehard goths that just hang out in the desert that would seemingly be miserable yeah but it gets really cold in the nighttime so well that's true yeah i guess uh if you just 
partying at night, then it doesn't really matter that much no, anyway. No, no. <laughs> hmm. I wonder what uh, what gets stuff like that started in those. I mean, I guess boredom. Yeah, just nothing mm, else to do. Boredom, their their freaking gourd. Yeah. So what all did you do um, when you were spending time down there in Hot Springs? That's a long time to be there, dude. Man, I just going to school and and just playing bands and stuff like that. But it's nothing really interesting. I was married for like 17 years, and uh, I just didn't. I just kind of put it all on hold. And then uh, after I got divorced and moved up here, I was like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna get back into music." So I ha- I've been hitting it really hard, you know, trying to get some label interest and. And that kind of thing, but and Hot Springs was cool. Don't get me wrong; it's just I'm I'm glad I'm up here. Yeah, I prefer it up here to there. There's more happening here. Oh yeah, they do have um, a good uh, good little music scene down there, though. There's a lot of uh, I mean a, a lot of bands I know go through there. Yeah. There's been some good bands come out of there as well. Oh yeah, especially like uh, through the Valley of the Vapors and you know everything through Low Key, man. Sonny and Bill and them, they're great people, and they're visionary for that area. Um, yeah, they, um, it's a, it's an interesting place. Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of like, um, everyone there is kind of weird and creepy in a very uh, subversive kind of way, and I mean that as a compliment. You know, these people, they're, you get to know them after year upon year of running into these people. And they're kind of like the Backwoods Adams family. Yeah. Down there, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That that town's got a lot of history, too. That whole gangster thing and then the, the hot springs there. So I could see how some of that would, you know, get unearthed. Dude, we used to strangeness. go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We used to go urban spelunking. You ever do that? Uh-uh. We, we go, like, uh, through abandoned buildings, and there's a lot of abandoned buildings in Hot Springs. We'll go, like, on, like, the um, the bathhouse row. Yeah. You could go in some of those uh, buildings that were unoccupied and go down the bottom. Like, we found one that had a bowling alley down in the, yeah, down in the bottom, but it was, like, partially submerged with some water, and it was creepy as hell, but it was neat. Holy shit. And went through the Majestic before it burned down. I went through the, actually, we went through the Majestic, like, a week before it burned down. Do you remember that, when it burned? Uh-uh. I guess it was about five or six years ago. And that was like a historic hotel. I just like burned to the ground. Really? Yeah. Did they find out what it was? Yeah, probably a crack pipe or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Bums in their in their little portable uh, tin can fire pits. And it's probably something like that. Yeah. They never really found out. They don't, I don't think they even really looked. But, man, urban spelunking is fun. Yeah. there was, We had a um, a girl here, Ginger Beck. She uh, she's with this group called Abandoned Arkansas, mm-hmm. where they basically go to rundown buildings and 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 farms, and she takes pictures. She's got a whole blog, very interesting stuff. Oh yeah, she's got a couple good ghost stories too. Dude, man, South Arkansas. Once you get beyond like below Arkadelphia, there's so much creepy stuff happening in Arkansas. You you start going down Highway Seven South, and the further you go, the more it's like spook holler yeah and i mean the trees start getting gnarly and the closer you get to the arkansas or the washita river they just kind of just kind of envelop everything i'm sitting here hitting the damn mic <laughs> and um but yeah i lived in a house in camden for a little bit before we moved to hot springs and it was haunted as fuck really oh yeah and i mean and i've never seen a haunted i didn't even believe in haunted houses until i was in this house 
Um, but it was crazy, man. It was uh, like a little little um, antebellum house. We rented it out. And back then, you could just rent a house out for like about 400 a month. Just, you know, 13 rooms and seemed like a lot of money. But I guess in the 80s, it wasn't. But shit would move across the floor. I shit you not. Like, what do you mean? Like, like all right. My mom liked to. All right, so this is where things are going to get weird. <laughs> my mom was Wiccan. All right, are you familiar with Wicca? Yeah. So my mom was Wiccan. My grandmother was Southern Baptist. So I, I grew up with this weird religious and not so religious upbringing. And my mother, she liked to play with Ouija boards and that kind of stuff. And she got in this house and started playing with Ouija boards. And um, I don't know what happened. I think maybe she unleashed something. But after she did it, stuff would literally move across the floor. Chairs. You, you could sit there and just watch it. Just kind of gradually just move across the floor. Just, you know. Creepy as fuck. I'm getting chills talking creepy. about it. <laughs> that is very creepy. Matter of fact, uh, I had a buddy of mine spend the night one night, and uh, he had a dream that there was uh, a hidden a hidden room in the house, and he had a dream that it was in the bathroom upstairs. And uh, so the next day, we went and looked for it, and we, had, we, we took most of the day trying to find it. And we found it. It was hidden in some uh, wainscoting in the bathroom, and you could pull the wall out a little bit, and it was like a door that was kind of hidden in the wainscoting. And there was like a room that would fit about 20 people in it. And they probably used it for the Underground Railroad. Holy shit. Yeah. Because, you know, Camden was a, you know, southern. And it was on the Ouachita River. So Yeah. Yeah. Perfect for yeah. something like that. Yeah. So there was a lot of uh, weird energy down there. Man, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. So so that, that kind of stuff has actually influenced me all, all throughout my life is, is all the weird shit that's happened to me. My, my uh, dark redneck upbringing. And uh, just my crazy mom. <laughs> How old were you around that time? Dude, I was uh, 16, 15, 16, something like that. Man, that's yeah. a perfect age for something like that, too. Oh, man. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I yeah. can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and I had the bedroom that had the uh, attic access. And it was like one of those really thin stairs, literally about this thin, you know, maybe about 12 inches wide. And it went straight up. And... It just kind of creeped the shit out of me. My mom was like, no, you're not moving rooms. You're staying in there. I'm like, really? This Jesus. is creepy as hell. <laughs> Jesus. And then she goes and plays with the Ouija board. And then it gets it gets really weird. Yeah. That's super creepy. <laughs> That's just part of it. What else? Oh, man. Man. Well, she was into um, stuff like ufology as well. Uh-huh. So she would always, um, it's like she was trying to call like UFOs and stuff. And I'm like, really? You really want to do that with children in the house? <laughs> but she would like do stuff like that. And she would use the Ouija board. She was always using a Ouija board to like, like communicate with these, like whatever. And uh, I, I won't touch a Ouija board just for that reason alone. Because, you know, my mom scared the shit out of me so bad when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of people that that won't even go near them. Yeah, even a, I, I think Milton Bradley makes them, and it doesn't make it any better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same guys that make Monopoly. I know, but um, but that's but that's kind of shit that would uh, like inspire me, like throughout my my childhood. Um, like my parents, they listen to all kinds of crazy music. They were hippies, you know, and um, which was cool, but they were very open minded. 
for being, you know, in the South. I think mostly because, you know, my dad was fairly open-minded. My mom was from Cali. And, um, and so they would listen to stuff like, you know, anything from like Steppenwolf to the talking heads to Devo and, you know, like, you know, Pink Floyd's The Wall is the one that scared the shit out of me the most. And yeah, but it's my number one album though. It's, it's what I would consider the number one out of 20 albums to take to the apocalypse. Really? Oh yeah. I've got like a collection that I have just 20 albums that are, have to go with me when I die. We'll put them in some sort of like a, a container that will <laughs> So when the whoever finds them 150 years later will be able to say, "Ooh, that's some cool shit." Put a record player with it and everything. The um, what what is it about the Dark Side of the Moon? Dark Side of the Moon is is good, but it's the wall that really oh, scared the wall, me. Yeah. yeah, the wall, man. Yeah, they listen to Dark Side of the Moon, but and they and they were like first I remember, remember of people that would do it with Wizard of Oz, but it was the wall that really scared me because of all the the fascist, you know, visuals that you can get in your head. And then, then the movie came out and then the movie's what fucked me up. Oh, the movie, man, that's dark as hell, dude. That's, that's like one of the darkest movies. They were goth before there was a such thing as goth. Yep. I was in my, I guess my late teens, 18, 19, uh, playing around with little drugs, you know, like yep, you do at that Like age. you do. Yeah. Um, and that, I had a friend who showed me the wall. And I was like, I can't handle this. <laughs> this is too much for me, dude. Man, I, I would, I would. Um, back in the day, I, I can't smoke pot anymore because I'm allergic to it. But back in the day, I did. I smoked the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. But now I go into anaphylaxis, which is shitty. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that. You gotta give me an epi whenever <laughs> if you pull that shit out. You gotta give me an epi. But um, yeah, we'd um, we'd listen to it, and I'd be like, you know eating you know a cheeseburger with hot fries on it, thinking, man, this is some trippy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those the visualizations. That's what oh yeah pushed me over the edge. They were dark when before it was cool to be dark. You know those kind of bands, and there's a whole bunch of them. Zeppelin. Zeppelin was like you know one of the forefathers of dark music. Yeah, I think personally. Yeah, heavy heavy at the time. Heavy, but but very dark imagery, and they they did a lot of Tolkien based uh, lyrics, yeah. which I found very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Their uh, album art as well. Mm-hmm. Got, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, very creepy stuff. I don't have any Zeppelin on vinyl. I would love to have some. My dad has a shit ton of it. I've got I've got a couple reissues. I don't have anything old. I'll tell you what. One day he's going to come home and I'm going to be visiting and he's not going to have them when I leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's how I get a lot of them. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, it's like take a couple. He'll never ask for him back. He doesn't even own a record player anymore, I don't think. Really? Well, I don't think he owns one that he has operable. I remember back in the um, back in the eighties, that's telling my age, they would have these massive parties, my parents, and they had these these PA speakers that they put outside and they'd throw their stereo on and start listening. And they listened to vinyl exclusively back then. And they'd have me and my little brother, we'd be mixing drinks and twelve years old, mixing drinks and playing DJ. <laughs> nice. That's a good reason for for kids, right there. Right, yeah, bartenders. We've uh we've had a couple card games over here, and uh, we'll be playing some vinyl. And you know, every ten minutes or so, we got to go flip it. it. It starts to get old pretty fast. I don't really mind that much, man. I, I I just like the warmth of vinyl. I love the sound when it's when it's me and I'm just you know around, uh, or or just me and her. Then it's not a big deal because 
you know, one of us will just go flip it real quick. But when you're, you know, in the middle of a situation like that, having to flip it every bit, uh, that that gets a little old. I can. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're playing cards and you're trying to keep your shit together. Right, right, right. yeah. What do you play? Uh, usually just uh, like some Texas Hold'em. Okay. Something easy. Something that everyone can, you know, get down with. My parents used to play this game called Boure, which is kind of a, I guess it's a Cajun version of 31. Yeah. And they'd get the kids involved. All of us, we'd all be involved and we'd be, you know, betting money with these grown-ups as, as preteens. Sometimes we'd win. Most of the time we'd lose, you know, pretty badly. So they were on our, our fucking allowance. But... <laughs> But anyway, my my parents, I guess that's why they wanted their allowance back. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah give me that goddamn money back, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you earned it, but now bring it on back. Oh, fuck you. I'm taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, being in South Arkansas, you get a lot of uh, Cajun influence there. Oh, yeah. 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 My, my dad, he's still, he's still like, my grandmother on his side was, uh, I think she was, part Cajun or something like that. You could tell by looking at her, she had some Cajun in her. Yeah. And so they said a lot of stuff like, I, and you know, <laughs> and that kind of thing. And I was like, Oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- those are different folk for sure. Yeah. yeah. And a matter of fact, I was talking to my, my stepmom earlier. She's like, Hey, we're going to have a crawfish boil. I was like, well, count me out. Not a crawfish fan, man. That's too much fucking work for so little food. That's what I say. That's the exact same thing. Oh, I say. you know, give it to me already done. Yeah, sure, I'll take that stuff. You know, yeah. I'll take anything if it's free. Yeah, but right? I, but you know, I'm I'm stuck with corn and and potatoes and and you know, well, fuck it. I like that part a little more better, honestly. Anyway, yeah, some yeah. sausage maybe. Yeah, yeah, some some andouille or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on who does it. Now, if my brother's doing it, my brother does it right. But but that's why we have, like, big family get-togethers. My dad has some property down there and, and a big pond, and we'll just have, like, a knockdown drag-out party. Nice. Yeah. I've Redneck always, style. That's, uh, they're so popular now, big uh, crawfish. crawfish boils. Yeah, I'd rather have fish. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Really any kind, any kind of fish. Yeah, like fish yeah. fry, something like that. I'll even eat some damn Captain D's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll eat some of that nasty shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, last time I had Captain D's is when we went to get uh, the little uh, French bulldog we have. We went to pick him up, uh, and when we were coming back through town, she doesn't eat meat, but she'll eat fish. So we were like, we we went all the way to what was it? Somewhere south Georgia. Yeah, somewhere in Georgia. Yeah, so that was the only thing really around at the time. We stopped in there. Yeah, it was the same thing. Like, you gotta, mm, you gotta eat, man. It's something, but <clears throat> that's been a while—a couple years now. So, do you um, do you have a band? No, um, man. Other than uh, just playing around with uh, Shane and Ryan, the the time we got together, um, I haven't played with a group of people since my early twenties. Really, a lot of it just time. No, not a lot of free time to do it. But um, I've been trying to write like a uh, like a shoegaze style album. Dude, I would love that. Yeah. There's a guy in Conway that does shoegaze, and he is badass. I would say he's probably one of the best songwriters in Arkansas. Really? Yeah. Who's that? Uh, Johnny Brannon, and um, he does really good electronic shoegaze. He doesn't use any guitars. He just uses straight up keyboards. But it is amazing. Really. Yeah, he goes by another theory, 
And he's on he's on Spotify. Another theory? Yeah, and it's all to one word, another theory. Write that down. I got to remember that. I mean, he is seriously amazing. And uh, he's into acting. You've probably seen, seen him on some of the local TV commercials. But uh, his music is something to behold. I like his music way better than I like his acting. <laughs> and he's a good actor. Nice. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, he lives in Conway, and uh, he's coming back with some new material. And we're going to try to get some shows uh, set up this summer with uh, all the like-minded bands, maybe like like an all-day festival or something like that. Probably not at Vino's. We're going. It might end up just being three bands at a time and do like you know every about three months yeah. over at Stickies or something. We're talking to Chris King about getting that set up, but right now everything's just kind of up in the fucking air because of the coronavirus. Right. It's been. It's been absolutely crazy. Yeah, you know what? I, I think it's. I think it's. I know that it's very serious. You know, it's incredibly serious, and uh, because I have a kid, I worry more than than most people. And uh, I, I think that it could have been handled better. But I'm not going to get political here. It just could have been handled a little bit better. But, yeah, I think even still now, it could be handled better than it has been. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, because it's a serious thing. I mean, sure, it's going to kill off a lot of old people mostly and people with with uh, compromised immune systems. But you know, when when the plague hits like that, you got to take take charge of it. Sure. Yeah. We were uh, we were talking a little bit about it last week and looked up some uh, some numbers from the uh, World Health Organization mm-hmm. and from the confirmed cases it was only like a point three percent death rate. Yeah, which is less than the flu. Yeah, yeah, you know, the flu kills way more people. Yeah, the uh, what's been really crazy to me is all the um, stockpiling. Oh yeah, over something so crazy. Yeah, they they caught one guy that had like a, a shit ton of uh, of hand sanitizer. Seventeen thousand bottles of hand sanitizer. Yeah, what you the know what I'm talking fuck? about. Yeah, I, I saw that on Twitter earlier, and uh, they, he just had like a like an entire like uh, storage facility just loaded up with it. And they just and raided he actually it. he tried to he wanted to sell it on Amazon and eBay, but they actually denied his request. Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why you have guns, so you can. Go take shit like that when the shit hits the fan. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's the... If you're stockpiling, you better be ready to defend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially in a in a crazy situation like this where it's just madness. But, you know, that makes you think about what would happen. This is just a, this is just something that kills like a small populate, percentage of the population. What would happen if the shit really did hit the fan? It would be chaos. Oh, yeah. Especially in places like Little Rock. Yeah. Any, know, anywhere where there's... A significant group of people, because you're, you're going to run out of supplies so fast. Oh yeah, gang mentality will grow like exponentially. Yeah, absolutely. It scares the shit out of me. You'll have you'll have people who uh, will will try to band together to get what they need, and then you'll have people who will try to loot to get what they need, and it's just going to be those two forces just button heads. And and then you'll have the hierarchy. It becomes like a like a underworld criminal criminal like. Uh, body that just grows like a snowball effect. Yeah, only savage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, and only the only the uh, strong will survive. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing that we uh, we hit on a bit last week uh, was uh, w- would we be able to survive in a situation like that? Yeah, it would be pretty chaotic. You'd have to get the fuck away from society. Yeah, like way away, and let it implode. Yeah, that would be you. 
that was my thing. The biggest uh, threat were going to be other people, for sure. That's oh, yeah. first and foremost. Uh, but then you've got to survive on your own with nothing. So it's you can't win either way. No, no, no. Yes. So if you can just get away and just let it all like kind of work itself out and then gradually work your way back into wherever the resources are or find a place you can hunker down and find resources. Yeah. Yeah, lay low. That's the trick, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people that are in the city, you know, people that aren't real familiar with like self defense and stuff like that, or are just working in the city, they'll get crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. People, I mean, we're animals at the end of the day. We're gonna do what we need to to survive, and and then it's eat or be eaten. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. Yeah, it's the uh, rules of nature. Yeah, I'm. I grew up with uh, with kind of the, the prepper mentality. You know, my dad was kind of a prepper. Everyone in my family are kind of preppers. Not like serious preppers, not like going out and like stockpiling stuff. But Yeah, you're not building a bunker somewhere? No, no, no. no I've <laughs> actually got well, – actually, I've got a uh, – the house I bought in Mayflower, it had like a, a storm shelter. And that was one of the one of the selling points of, of getting my house, is having a place to hunker down if I need to. But, you know. We have guns and stuff too. Yeah, Mayflower is a good spot. It's it's you know away from everything, but not <laughs> <laughs> well that for sure. Did you uh did anything happen when that that one came through? What a couple years ago? Well, actually, the house I bought, um, it ripped the roof off the house, so it's got a brand new roof, or a fairly new roof, um, and that's about it. It tore up everything around it. It tore up there. I don't know if you've driven to Conway. You see, on the right-hand side, there's all of those places that buildings were, mm-hmm. and it went right through there, and that's where I live in that area. And they just kind of just kind of just vacuumed it up. There's, tornadoes are something else that's just so bananas. You know, it's crazy. Is Britain has a shit ton of of tornadoes? Really? Yeah, one of the highest per capita. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had no idea either. I, I was curious, so I looked it up. And uh, I, I didn't even realize it because you never hear about it. They never talk about it on like on Britcoms or anything like that. But apparently, Britain has a lot of um, tornadoes themselves. Interesting. You looking it up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> UK is claimed to get more tornadoes per square kilometer than any other country in the world. Uh, Thirty tornadoes a year. Generally weak with ninety five percent classified as F zero to F one. Yeah, ours are monsters in comparison. Yeah, for sure. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't. I did not realize that with them. Yeah, I had no idea. I was just curious. That was did you look that up after uh, that big tornado? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I was like, man, I wonder how much uh, tornadoes uh, my my grandparents went through. Yeah. So maybe that's what they went to California for. Yeah, uh, maybe they just hated Britain. Or that, yeah, <laughs> one or the other. The yeah. food, they probably hated the food. Well, you know, what's funny is because my grandmother couldn't cook worth a shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Everything I, was bland. Yeah, I do believe that. <laughs> I've been through there. My grandfather, he was uh, he was actually Irish. But uh, back in the 30s and 40s, they didn't have, like, the child labor restrictions that they do now. So he was able to go to Scotland and work as a, as a young teen, like 13, 14. So he worked in Scotland for a number of years. So he had kind of like a an Irish uh, scotch brogue and uh, he was kind of an a-hole his name was Avalon yeah. and he'd be like Sean wake up and eat your breakfast just shite bastard yeah and just try to knock the shit out <laughs> yeah of course yeah. that's uh 
That's exactly what I would expect. You're like fucking Shrek. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they're known for. Yeah. In that that area. Yeah. So I got a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> so anyway, back to music. So this thing, the shadow transmission. Yeah. It's trying to. It's 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 an attempt to unify all the fringe entertainment. Yeah. That's um. That's coming up. That didn't used to be here. I mean, it used to be real sporadic. Like that's you know, Ryan could tell you the the scene back in the day was little if nothing. And uh, so whenever we'd find each other, we'd just kind of band together. And uh, now there's more than anything happening than it ever has been. Like uh, White Mansion, they're on cold transmission out of Germany. Yeah. Which is a pretty big dark wave label. I love those guys. Oh, and they're good people too. They really are, man. We had them uh, in here not too long ago. Yeah, they're so fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really love their music. I, I really like their take on post-punk. And it's a lot, you know, it's fresh for this area. There, there hasn't been a lot of variety. It's always been, and I'm not knocking metal. I love, you know, a lot of good metal. Mm-hmm. Good metal. I like anything done well. And I like, you know, I'm not really big on country. I'm lying if I say I do. Uh, but even if country is good, I will appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. I won't diss it, in, you know, initially. Uh, but these guys, they're, they're a breath of fresh air. White Mansion. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, and we all have to kind of stick together. And they're kind of doing what, what they need to be doing, which is get out of the country. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, they're not right now, but. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone is right now. But, yeah, with the with their label, I'm hoping that that goes really well for them. They they deserve it, for sure. They're fantastic. Well, I made an interactive version of this that you can, like, click on all the links on the back and go to all the band's pages and so forth. Like, you know, one of my favorite is... uh. Uh, Fossils of Ancient Robots from Russellville. Yes. They're amazing. They are they, great. They I've seen of... them. Uh, I saw them a couple years ago uh, at Bears Den and Conway uh, accidentally. Mm-hmm. And that's, I was like, wow, these guys are fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I love anything done well. And they do it well. They really do. And then, then there's Skull Family. Have you heard them? Yes. I think they opened up for um, Illusionite. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I saw them as students. I think we were at the same show. Yeah, I was at that show. Were you? Yeah, because the middle band, I forget the middle band, uh, but they didn't, the guy that looked like Dave Grohl. Do you remember? Um, they they didn't seem like they were matched quite right. But the Skull Family was the first one, and then that middle band that played kind of grungy stuff, which they were good. I'm trying to remember their name. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> I follow them on in, on, uh, on 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 the Book of Faces. Um but then, and then an Illusionaut, yeah. you know, which Skull Family was great. Yeah. They were perfect for opening up for Illusionaut. Yeah. But, uh. I think they have some new stuff uh, that they just came out with, right? Yeah, they have a new single, and they're yeah. on Spotify now. Yeah, I thought so. So I try to, like, promote all that stuff. Anything that comes out that's even remotely similar, I will bust my butt to, to promote it as much as possible. I'll, I've got, I made, like, a thousand of these cards. I'm like, I've been, like, distributing them everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely help get this out. That's right now the whole local music scene is just it's thriving. Uh we've been talking to a lot of people who are who are getting things going and, and it's been great. It's really what this area needs, I think. Right, right. Really good blood. Yeah. Not just fresh blood, but good blood. Yeah. Yeah. Both. Yeah. And and there's some really and there's some people there's some other people that I didn't put on here. Some are better than others. But I put what I consider the cream of the crop. Yeah, on the back here, 
and then there's a new band. I can't even, uh, and I, I'm embarrassed that I can't remember their name, but um, I was going to put them on there, but I didn't find out about them until this had already gone to press. But they're also kind of post-punk, kind of like White Mansion, and they're really good from what I understand. But, uh, God, I'm embarrassed that I can't remember their names, but he's a professor, I think, at UCA. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, they go to all the goth nights, he and his wife. His name's Michael, and his, uh, he and his wife go every goth night. That was, um, so that one that, uh, that I saw you at, uh, that last one, was the first one I had been to. And I was very impressed. I used to DJ that, but I stopped DJing because I got tired of driving to Hot Springs. And it became like a real production because we'd be there all day long and, you know, setting up and trying to make, set the atmosphere. And that's fun. You know, I love Club Nevermore. Those yeah. guys are great. Yeah. But it just kind of got, got tiring. And then at the time I lost my job. I ended up having like a shit ton of bad luck for like clustered right there. That's not where I got the name though. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I was working as a graphic designer for a big print print company in Little Rock, and then they just did some layoffs and lost my job. And I was like, well, shit. Yeah. So I, I just couldn't afford to travel anymore. You know, I just I had to make my mortgage payment. Right. And uh, But I love Club Nevermore. It's a great, great concept. And Gary and the guys that are doing it, you know, they embraced me. I was I, I was kind of the odd man out with that group because I didn't play just straight up goth or industrial. I played a little bit of everything. I played the new stuff that was coming out, like some of the new synth wave and the new dark wave that was coming out. And I played a lot of the old stuff, but I always try to put like dancey stuff in there to get people on the on the floor. Yeah. And I love doing that, but I didn't, you know, I'll I'll probably do it again in the future. And uh but um yeah, that was one of the one of the two I didn't DJ. Yeah. I mean, I was impressed. The I mean, Turn. we had fun there. The turnout was way more than I had expected well before you guys had got there there was actually way more people there i mean it was packed really yeah i mean it was crazy packed I, we, we were like you know trying to hunker squeeze up try to get in there especially being all the way in cabin i was like wow this is well you know that's the kind of thing that it doesn't happen very often so when it does you know they kind of come out of the woodwork all the freaks come out yeah that's true that's true so and i, and I mean that affectionately yeah <laughs> right right that's uh i mean that's that's what we need, though. And this is a great way. That's one of the hardest things uh, before I started getting involved with more people in the local uh, music scene was finding out about what's going on. Right. And there, there's not been a, a resource. And that's what this is, is a resource. I have the, you know, the shadowtransmissions.com is where you go. And you can, like, uh, see them. You can, like, actually see the interactive version of that and click on all the links. Um, also, it goes to all the other pages. It goes to the the Facebook page, the Instagram page, and so forth, and the Spotify playlist, which has all these bands on the Spotify playlist, all the ones that have Spotify accounts. Nice. Which is, is not everyone. Some of them don't. It's Some people have a harder time getting on Spotify than others. See if you can pull that up. Shadowtransmissions.com? Shadowtransmissions.com. Yeah, it's uh, definitely what we need. Fringe Entertainment Guide for Arkansas. It's perfect. Yeah. It goes to the Instagram. Do you try to hit um, just the whole state, or you just try to concentrate on a single area? Right now, because it's a grassroots type of thing, I'm hitting wherever I happen to be at the moment. Like, first day I got these out, I obviously went to, to Control, and I went to Ben around and set them out there. And, um, and I'm sending some to Dusty so he can put them out in Fayetteville. 
Nice. He doesn't know it yet, but he's getting them. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. So, Dusty, if you're listening, you're going to get these in the mail, buddy. <laughs> and uh, I've got another friend that does does post punk up in uh, North Central Arkansas, and he's going to p- pass them around up there as well. And I'll probably give some to everyone else that's involved. Anyone that's on the back of this, they said that would help. So yeah, so that's what I do, man. I get that shit out. Yeah, we'll put some links on uh, our website as well. Try to get more people involved. That's uh, what we need. Yeah, like, I thought a playlist was would be essential. You know, yeah. get all these people so you can like listen to Arkansas bands and give them some, you know, and the bad thing about being local is a lot of people don't take the the local artists as seriously. Yeah. You know, like, oh yeah, I'm in a band. I'm on Spotify. Yeah. So what? Yeah. You, know, you get a lot of that, you know, like, yeah, we can hear you, but we're not gonna, but you know, a lot of that stuff is really good quality. I'll go and I have my ear to the ground constantly listening for new bands. And a lot of these that are on this card are fantastic. Yeah. You know, especially another theory. He's my favorite. Yeah. There's uh, definitely, there's some of these I've never heard of. Uh, Jerusalem Cross, Oscillating he, Rift. Oscillating Rift is actually one of my projects. It's my instrumental project. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. Like, just this kind of synth wave. Just kind of just straight up synthesized stuff. Drum machines and that kind of thing. No vocals. What got you into that? Man... Just, I fell in love with electronic music when my parents brought home Devo one day. I was like, man, that's the shit. Yeah. I remember uh, coming in the, when they start, well, they, they put on, they put on the Devo album. I came in the living room. I was like, I guess about seven, seven, eight years old. And uh, I did a, I did a James Brown split in the middle of the damn living room. Like, uh, did you ever see that movie, uh, The New Guy? With uh, DJ Qualls. DJ Qualls, yeah. And uh, I was that little guy. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was such a nerd. Oh, I mean, like nothing's changed. But, but uh, yeah, I would, I would like come in the living room. I'd be dancing in my underwear and doing the splits and stuff like that. And my parents would be, you know, drinking and they'd laughing their asses off. <laughs> Entertainment, man. Yeah, that's why you have kids. Devo, you can't go wrong with Devo. How oh, yeah. do you how do you decide what's going to be uh, what you're going to give to Oscillating Rift and what you're going to uh, give to uh, Clusters of Fornication? Um, Clusters of Fornication is my more it's 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 anything with vocals on it and the the stuff that I feel most personal, you know, so far as uh, emotives, you know, stuff that has like a personal meaning, which you know includes the vocal melody and the lyrics that go with it. Obviously, the instrumentals not so much. Uh, you know, if they're instrumentals, I think they kind of need to be together like a soundtrack. But the other stuff, uh, you know. Well, let me, let me ask you this then. Uh, is your writing process basically the same for both of them? I don't write unless I'm inspired. Okay. So there, there'll be sometimes long periods where I just don't write anything. Like I got up this morning and I started working on a new song. But I hadn't been working on anything up until like this morning for like a couple of months. And uh, aside from the thing I've been working on with Adrian James, the guy that used to be in uh, uh, Evanescent, but um, he and I have a project, but nothing for myself, nothing for myself. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm inspired. I'm going to write some shit. I don't have anything to do today except go to the podcast and hang out with these good folks. And so I did. What usually, um, what usually gets that lightning struck? Is it you just have to sit down with your stuff or is it something just clicks and then you go sit down? Sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes it's political. Sometimes it's dreams. I do a lot of dream-based songwriting. Like uh, on, on my CD here, there's like two of those songs that are just based on dreams entirely. 
So I'll like have a dream and I'll go and document it. And then I'll go and turn, you know, I'll, I'll convert the, the, uh, the documentation, the, the, whatever I have a ledger or journal that I like to write in. I'll just convert those thoughts into like a lyric form and then put it to music. Interesting. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm all over the place, but mostly, um, I generally like to think of things, uh, those two oscillating rift and clusters of fornication as two complete different creatures. So do you, do you, once that, uh, I can't even, uh, put this, uh, in the right way. Once that lightning bolt hits, you're, you're inspired, you're ready to go. Do you already have an idea of which path you're going to go or, or where you're headed? I often, um, I often have a vibe in mind. Mm -hmm. I write, I write a few songs that are kind of melancholy, but not a whole lot. Uh, so very seldom do I go more melancholy route. I, I usually try to just keep it in the kind of the post-punky, dark wavy type of vein because that's just what I feel naturally. You know, I've been doing it the longest and it just kind of comes out of me. And this is weird. Uh, a lot of my, uh, used to, back in the old days, I would use old school sequencers and drum machines to like uh, compose, you know, and, and uh, you know, and those are pretty hard to do, you know, especially if you're trying to tap out a drum beat and put it in step time and, and then make it like, repeat itself constantly and then you change it over time and then you try and tap in a bass line on the bass sequencer and you know and, and it gets to be like a process and that's fun but it gets cumbersome yeah so i've uh i've stripped down my my gear from having these these digital workstations and drum machines and stuff to to like very few pieces of equipment now now i just have like a a single synth a single sampler and then i have a for all my my sequencing, I use a Nintendo DS. Really? Yeah, I um, they, they they I have a hacked uh, DS, and it's got all these music programs from Korg on it. Like it's got uh, two different ones: the Korg M1, which is a workstation program where you can like uh, put together your your orchestration and your drum drum beats, and then it has another one called the DS10, which is a full-on synthesizer with like virtual like uh, patches so you can make your own patches and just like a real synth and then it also has a drum drum function where you can make your own drum patches and sequence it all kind of like a dj with like pads and then put it in like a you know composite holy shit yeah and i've got I've, uh, i had a had a friend of mine hacked my my uh my ds and said hey check this out you can do this with it like really so everything i got I can create music within like my backpack. That is crazy. I even got a small uh, PA system, which we have a big, me and Adrian have a pretty decent sized PA system, but my personal one at home is just like a small one that you just carry around like a suitcase. Interesting. Yeah. So everything's portable, portable, you know, in its entirety. That's uh, not only is that portable and, and, and functional, but it's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't know anyone doing anything like that. Everything on that album, the Cluster of Fornication album, was done on that. It was done on the on the on the uh, the DS, my sampler, my extra synth, and recorded on my my digital recorder, and then boosted on the, my free program, my Audacity. I used to use Cakewalk, which Cakewalk is really good, but uh, just over the years, I lost, you know, computers, you know, with the license on it. So I just, just like got tired of buying it. Yeah. So now I just have the free one. Yeah. And it works just fine. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. 
But we're actually, me and Adrian are actually going to a real studio for our project. We're going to go to Wolfman. Tedford. Yeah. Tedford's awesome. Yeah. His studio's nice. And uh, might watch some movies with him, too. I mean, why not, right? Yeah, we're right there. <laughs> yeah, Jason's a cool dude. But what, uh, what uh, what is it you guys have going on? We have a project called the Necropolitan Opera, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got it listed because uh, you know we went ahead and bought the domain. There's nothing on the website yet, but there will be. There will be. Uh, so uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to go to Tedford, get our shit laid down, and and then uh, start. We're uh, going to start playing around town this summer. Hopefully, after all the all the plague you know clears over yeah once they start letting groups of people start uh getting together oh yeah you know it's probably can you imagine what it's going to be like when that that is lifted people are going to be out like crazy it's they have to bands have to if they're going to survive mm-hmm. if the ones that still will be surviving after this um i have a, I have a feeling this is gonna not only hurt a lot of the the music industry in general but just the the whole economy man yeah i'm feeling that at my day job man my my day job they're like uh, like man where are our customers yeah i think a lot of people are mm-hmm. uh this is supposed to be the the a busier time of year for tattoos and we we i've been fortunate staying busy you know just as the walk-in guy pretty much mm-hmm. um but uh it's slower than normal seemingly Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's. I think a lot of businesses are feeling it. I need to get another tattoo. Yeah, I've got two tattoos. And I designed them both, but I want to. I need. You know, if I had more money, I'd, I'd just be covered in tattoos, man. I see you, man. You got some nice tats. I got a lot. Yeah, I'd, I'd be fucking covered. That that. It's addicting. It is, man. It is. That's what I tell people. Next thing you know, you got them on your head. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I know, right? Case in point. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I tell every single person that I see that. Yeah, you know, I think when I first met Ryan, I don't think he did tattoos. Really? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. I mean, he barely recognized me when we first got back in touch. I was like, "Oh, I remember you now." <laughs> but I remember. Um, did you ever hear like Bleak House his his other projects? Mm-mm. I've got the CD. I should have brought the CD. I've got their CD at the house. It's actually really good. Really? Yeah, him and Tracy Prince. Uh, do you know Tracy Prince? He's in the the Jinsu Wives. I don't know Tracy. Well, they 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 played um, as Bleak House, and there's other people. I remember Ryan one day. He was playing. They were playing at uh, Vino's, and he got from top to bottom covered in blue glittery paint, and uh, he's just like shaking all over the stage and go off flying and stuff. He's a showman. Yeah, he is quite the showman. <laughs> he, he's a good showman. Yeah, still to this day, he is. Yep. And quite the 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 fashion, he is that as well. Yeah, fashion mogul. Yeah, yeah, he's got some style for sure. Yeah. Cool dude, cool he dude. Is. Yeah, you gotta love all the people that are trying to do this kind of thing in, in the state. You gotta embrace it. And you know, there's a girl. Her name is uh, Jessica Poe. We call her J Poe, and she's uh, she's she's not really part of the community so far as the the she is, but she isn't. She's she's part of the the, the spectator part of the community but she's kind of taken to like documenting everything like the secretary of this entire you know underground fringe society so she goes to all of these events she comes from fort smith and she goes to every single one her and her boyfriend and uh she takes pictures and and she is amazing and she documents all the goth stuff all the 
all the burlesque stuff that happens in the state. And uh, people like her, got to give them props for like supporting the scene. Yeah. And there's not enough of them, honestly. You know, too many of them are kind of lackluster. You got to, you know, I feel like you have to really embrace it, you know, with, with as much passion as you can. And, and and let these local bands and these local people that are in burlesque troops and stuff, let them know that you love them. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's some really great ones around, too. Oh, yeah. We yeah. had a um, we had a couple ladies from, uh, uh, oh, fuck. Grit and Grind. Lude Awakening. Oh, yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. Starsha and, no. No, no these are like um, Sam Fox. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, yeah. Her her real name is Starsha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her and uh, I know who Starsha is. That's oh, not maybe the maybe same not. Maybe yeah. No, I think I know I'm who confused. Starsha you're right. Is, you're right. That's not. Yeah, I don't Starsha, know who that Hoka, is. Hoka or whatever. Starsha. Yeah. Starsha's OG. She's from Hot Springs. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You're right. Well, see, that's how I met a lot of those people. Uh, I think it's like Brittany and them were like in the 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 one you're talking about. That um, I think Lude. I think Lude Awakenings. They're like based in Hot Springs. Right, that's with uh, Doris Knight and am I correct? Doris Knight and Doris Knight is, I think she's part of a different troop, but that's kind of the same. I would say the same age right. of right, right troop. But if you it, get what I'm saying, and yeah. You know, so funny is because so many of those troops have kind of like started off in the same one, and they kind of splintered into different troops. So it's hard to keep up with them anymore. There is that. So I apologize for my inability <laughs> to keep them straight. But there are some of them are super fantastic. Oh yeah, and, and I think the burlesque isn't bona fide art form. Yeah, absolutely, it is. You know, they. I mean, just from the shows I've seen, I can tell you that they prepare as much, if not more, than most bands that you see. Oh yeah, they work their ass off, and it's it's quite a show. Yeah, it is. Everything that they do is 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 can definitely be defined as art for sure. Yeah, it's not like your typical, um, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with with, with with typical stripping, you know, standard stripping. There's nothing wrong with that. There's there's an art to that as well because uh, you have to have some hellified muscles to do some of those moves. Yeah, that's a, you got to put in some work to to really be good at it's that. All, but it's almost like uh, like burlesque is almost like a vaudevillian type of package that's really nifty, I think. It's kind of a novel but, but beautiful art form that it, it puts it in a different perspective. What I can you tell you a little history about burlesque. Good. I was a burlesque dancer, so nice. uh, I had to know a little bit of history. And burlesque actually started because back in the day when men used to play like women's roles and like Shakespearean plays, women wanted to be a part of those plays. And nobody would let them because they were like, no, this is a man thing. And so they were like, well, how do we do this in the most womanly form? And so they started to just do these and scantily clad. The G-string was actually made specifically for burlesque so that they can do these like male roles and all these male plays in the most feminine way possible. And that was their political stance. And that's how burlesque started. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) The G-string was made so that women could be more feminine. Well, no, the G-string was made specifically for burlesque. Like, it didn't start as a fashion statement. It was made specifically for these women in their burlesque moments. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. The more you know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, all of all of that needs more, more light put on it, what we got going. Thanks for enlightening us. 
Of course, I have more facts, but that's the beginning. <laughs> what more facts? Oh, God, who do you want to ask? There's different forms of burlesque. There's straight strip, which is when there's not much of a story, because if you watch a lot of burlesque, they often tell stories. So because burlesque is supposed to be a political movement or it started as a political movement. And so there's different categories like straight strip, which is just you taking your clothes off. Then there's like some sort of ballet form. I honestly don't remember all of the names of the burlesque. Um, but uh, there was, I don't, know, I don't know, there's just, there's a lot of forms of burlesque. But when you said straight stripping, I think there's a difference between like what you do in the club. <laughs> yeah, right, right. yeah, and then there's straight stripping on the stage. But even that usually has some sort of production behind it. It's just usually not used for storytelling. It's just meant to be hot and sexy. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. The more you know, I guess. Yeah. The more you know. I don't know anything about any of that. That was my world for like four years. Hmm. Very nice. Very nice. But yeah, those uh, those ladies, they're pretty great. They're the ones that I've met too are really great people. Oh yeah, yeah, they're all very cool people. Yeah. But all of that, and the as well as that needs as much light, I think, shown on it, uh, as everything else we have going here. Yeah, yeah. I think more people are actually prone to go to burlesque than they are to other stuff. Simply because, you know, nudity. Sure. You know, titties. You know, a lot of people like titties. And, you know, so it's it's a lot easier to market. And a lot of those people, they have really good marketing for their projects. You know, like uh, True Grit and Grind out of, uh, what are they, Fort Smith? They really market the mess out of their stuff. They, they really, you know, beef it up, you know, let people know that it's coming. And I hadn't had the chance to see them yet, but I hear they're pretty awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen them either. Um, yeah, I definitely need to. Hopefully, uh, yeah, we got to get more word out for, for stuff like this. We just got to get more word out for everything. Everything. I mean, it's, it's just about embracing the scene and just, just, just boosting it as much as possible. Let people know that it's actually viable and it's here and these are artists, every one of us. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's uh. Yeah, this is a great way to do that. Did you find, uh, did you get, did you go to the website? Yes, it's up right now. Oh, shit, there it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can see my action figures I'm making right now. Uh, what is, what is that about? That's for, uh, me and Adrian's project, the Necropolitan Opera. And, um, uh, those are actually freshly pulled from the molds. I, 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 those are called, uh, you know what, uh, you know much about, like, bootleg action figures? Mm, I don't guess. Okay, there's a there's a whole community that's they consider themselves artists. It's kind of bootleg art, kind of like in Mexico. What they would do is they would uh, take like the the action figures that they'd get from the United States, take them back to Mexico, uh, mold and cast them. You know, and a lot of times they weren't the best quality because they were mold and cast from, you know, already molded and casted figures, and they would have like you know, like bastard titles and stuff like that. And it's kind of the same principle. So you take like a, it's called kit bashing, where you take like parts from different, this figure and this figure, you know, maybe a head from here, an arm from there, whatever. You put them together and you make like a fresh figure. Mine are all inarticulate. They don't move or anything like that. They're just one piece, kind of like a 
like a little figurine. Yeah, like a Green Army man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you can kind of see. But uh, anyway, I figured it was a good marketing scheme. So what we're going to do is we're going to give away the um, – we're going to sell the sell the figure in packaging. And then with the package, you'll get like uh, the download code for the for the album. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh I got to go get this guy to shut up. I'll be... Uh, <laughs> you want some more coffee? I'm going to grab some more coffee. Dude, uh, please. Yeah, yeah. Let me grab some more. I'll be right back. Yeah, so I guess you can talk more about shadow transmission. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> he left me with you. Yeah, there's a reason why I'm not on camera. I'm just chilling back here. Why? Oh, because honestly, I just kind of got... I'm, I've been on the internet and been in the like i've been a public figure since i was i think about 17 18 years old mm. uh which is a very long time that's almost a decade at this point for me and i just did not mm, thank you want to have to be on anymore <laughs> like i just needed a break and so and i'm having more fun i totally get that i totally get that yeah being a public and being a public figure when you're like young i just feel like you just get tired you're just what are you asking? That towel. You have that towel over there. Oh. Yeah, you just kind of get tired. You don't want to. You don't want to have to be on all the time, um, and sure. it just kind of affects you after a point. So I suppose you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty uh, interesting way to do, uh, like the album downloads with with figures like that. No one does it. No, I've never heard of it happening. But it's a much more interesting way to do it. I've um, I bought a cassette from Ghost Bones. Don't even have a cassette player. Oh, Bobby and Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for for the download, just so that the first time I heard them, I was like, "Wow, these guys are great." They how, are how good. Can I man. get more? Yeah. Well, they're part of the Hot Springs scene. They, you know, uh, man, they're they're awesome, and I and I, I'm glad that they got to open up for uh, She Wants Revenge. Are you familiar with She Wants Revenge? Mm-mm. They're a, uh, um, what a what I call a um, revivalist post uh, post punk band from Los Angeles, and they played over over the Rev Room, and they got to open up for them. Nice. So, and they're she wants revenge is pretty big in the underground post punk movement. They're not as big as Interpol or Block Party, sure, but they're Two up there. My favorites. Yeah, I I just um I got Mike over at um over at Control to order me the the vinyl of Silent Alarm. Nice. Yeah, it's hard to find. Thirty-five bucks. Yeah, yeah. I um, shit. What's the? I just picked up a Block Party album from them. Um, it's not Silent Alarm. It's the one after that. Drawing a complete blank. Anyway, I've been looking for it for a while, uh, and then they just happen to have it. You know, what's funny is uh, as Block Party goes on, they get more and more electronic. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I mean, the stuff is a you know a lot less post punk, a lot more, uh, you know, I guess, FM, so to speak, a synthesis. Yeah, they're they're a bit more toned down. They're not as they don't seem quite as angry anymore. Mm-mm, but you know, the first album, Silent Alarm, was a perfect album. Yeah. I, there's not a bad song on it. Very punk rock. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I loved it. Yeah, it's one of my. It's also one of my top twenty albums. It's the last of my uh, my bucket list albums. Intimacy. That's the one that I grabbed from them. But yeah, Silent Alarm. It's too good. Uh, bucket list albums. What What all's on your bucket list albums? 
well, I've got about 20 of them. One of them, my number one, and I got it as fast as I could, and that was Pink Floyd's The Wall. Sure. Um, Tears for Fears, The Hurting, that's up there. Um, Block Party, Silent Alarm. I haven't picked it up yet, but he called me the other day and said it was in, so I'm going to pick it up real soon. Tomorrow's payday. So. I can't go to that place without spending too much money. I go in and I go out. <laughs> I, 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 I've stopped myself from looking around because I went there just to drop off some cards and I bought records yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So I was like, oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> Here I go again. Anytime I'm in Hillcrest, I'm like, ah. And then head over across the street to Bossa Nova. That's it, man. Yeah. But uh, no, um, so so anyway, um, let's see. What else is on my list? Um, Prince's Sign of the Times is one of them. Yeah. Uh, I love that album. Um, God, I, I'm, I'm going to have a hell of a time keeping up with the numbers here. Um, this is a weird one. Um, Men Without Hats, Pop Goes the World. It's not such a great album, but it's a great album because of, uh, you know how you associate albums with a period in your life? Yes. And uh, I associate that with a period. So it's a purely nostalgic reason to have that album. It's not particularly the best album on the planet, but it's it's nostalgic. I have a lot of those. Um, nostalgia's big, man. It, it, it stabs me like a dagger in the ribs. Dude, whenever I listen to music, I have a hard time listening to music if I'm if I'm in my feels. I just don't even do it. I'll, I'll throw on some comedy instead because uh, I'd rather laugh. But sometimes music hits me really hard, and it like you know, like you say, stabs me right right where I don't want to be at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it'll get me every time. Yeah, see, I've got a uh, Aha's uh, Scoundrel Days. That's a really good album. Yeah, you ever listen to Aha? Uh-huh? A little, a little. Most of their, uh, most of their hits. I'm not, I've never really dug deep into Aha. Yeah, well, their first album was all, all their pop stuff, but their second album, they started going experimental, and they had like two hits off the album, and those are probably not even the best songs on the album. And uh, I listened to it one day by accident. It's like, oh shit, I was missing this. So that's in my top twenty. Really? Uh, um, let's see what else? Peter Gabriel. Um, so. That's a good one. Uh, see, Drab Majesty, The Demonstration. That's a really good album. You listen to Drab Majesty? Mm-mm, not much. They're, um, they're, they're what they call synth wave, which is a modern way to say new wave. Yeah. Uh, I love Sirisque's album. Are you familiar with Sirisque? S-R-S-Q is how she spells it. I don't think I've even heard of her. Yeah, she's, uh, she's on the Dias record label, which, uh, by the way, they're supposed to have a... Um, uh, choir boy dias is the, like the new 4ad are you familiar with 4ad records 4ad brought a, band, a lot of bands uh, like the cocteau twins and clan of and groups like that okay uh to the forefront in the 80s and the 90s well dias is like the new version of that they're out of los angeles and then they have a london office and they're bringing all these types of bands that are part of the underground and they're just becoming world famous now like, uh, their, their big band is Drab Majesty. Drab Majesty, they're just like, they're touring constantly all over the world. Wait, maybe I have heard Drab Majesty. Uh, two dudes? Yeah. Often play in a white mask. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do yeah. like those guys. Yeah, those guys are badass. And um, it started out as kind of just a one-man band, and then it kind of broke into like a duo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're like the big thing for, for they're like Dias Records is uh, bread and butter right now. But then they have all these other bands like a uh, cold um cold showers have you listened to cold showers Mm-mm. if you like the first block party album the cold showers are are kind of like that but with a little bit more electronics okay it's excellent 
but they have a lot of bands. And then they have a band coming next month, I think, um, called Choir, Choir Boy, and they're going to Vino's. So anyone that's into the underground should go to that. Choir Boy at Vino's. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't see, have much signal in here. See if you can find a date on that. Vino's, uh, they've got a lot going here lately. I I'm, love Vino's. Uh, I'm very excited. We did um, a goth night over there for Club Nevermore, and it was probably um, the 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 biggest one we had, next to the one in Sherwood. And um, and I mean, it was wall to wall, and it was sweaty. There's so we went to that Punks for Paula's event, um, I guess a couple months back, and it was super packed. Bunch of uh, metal and pop punk uh, kids. It was so fantastic. Just seeing that place with that many people is just feels good, you know. April twenty second, Wednesday, April twenty second at Vino's, and uh, their choir boy. They're kind of like the Smiths meets early um, New Order. Nice. That's so, a good combo. Yeah, the lead singer sing, sings a little bit like Morrissey, um, but the band sounds like like the post punk stuff that New Order did when they first came out. So it's a good band, and they're also on that label, Dias. Yeah, I need to I need to dig deeper into that, dude. If just go to d a i s dot com, Dias Records. I think it's just Dias dot com. Uh, they have a almost everything they do is fantastic. Everything they put out. Yeah, yeah, I need to check that out. Uh, I've been trying to get on with them, but they they keep turning me down. <laughs> I'll get signed sooner or later. Yeah, eventually, right? Yeah, I've got a. I actually, um, I've got a cluster of fornication song on a on a international compilation right now. On for um, uh, sideline magazine, it's a big gothic industrial post punk magazine out of Belgium. They put a every couple of years they put out a a, a, a compilation called Face the Beat. And I was out of eighteen hundred submissions, I was one of eighty. Nice. Yeah. And the only one from Arkansas. Eighty uh eighty artists. It's like a it's a various artist compilation. it's a benefit for I forget who it benefits, but it goes to a charity, but it's very uh, I guess highly coveted. That's a large list. Eighteen hundred people. Yeah. And I've been trying to get on that one for ages and finally I got on that one. And happy about that there's a lot more going on over there in just the music industry in general well yeah you know they embrace the arts a lot more than we do you know we embrace sports and 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 that type of thing and that's okay but they really promote art over there yeah well and they'll dig deep too mm-hmm. um a lot deeper than us i think maybe it's just all of us, we think of ourselves as so busy. So, you know, I always say I don't have the time to, to, you know, devote to digging, you know, into this little little niche. And maybe, you know, people don't dig that deep into music in general. So, you know, what the mainstream pushes them is what they get. I don't, I don't know. I'm not real sure. But over there, they definitely, they'll dig a lot deeper. And see, I'm always like that. I'm always like I've got my ear to the ground constantly for new music, especially in Arkansas because there's it's been so starved in the recent years, you know. And it's it's been mostly like metal, country and bar bands, you yeah. know, cover bands. And that's fine and dandy and for what it is. Uh but there needs to be variety, a little bit more variety, I think. Yeah. So the more more stuff like this you get out there, I think the more enriched it becomes. 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think it's uh, just finding the people to band with. Because um, mm-hmm. it, it's not it's not from a lack of people being interested in it. Uh, I think it's just a lack of those people finding the other people to to make the pyramid bigger. You know, what and I mean? that's exactly what this is about. Originally, I actually you can't see it on Roku, but I started a Roku channel just for this, and I was going to like do like music videos from from all the Arkansas based bands, and then just put them on constant rotation on Roku, and um, I just couldn't afford it anymore. It's like man, I just, it was like really cost prohibitive to to run a a video channel yeah so it just got it's on the back burner i think uh near the end of the year we're going to try to do like a various artists compilation cd and have it uh benefit rescue road um the foster the dog fostering um, uh, organization out of out of bryant yeah and uh you just uh, have about 10 20 artists on it and sell it for whatever and have it benefit someone besides the artist, obviously. I'd like for it to do some good, you know, and and at the same time, it would be promoting these these unknown, relatively unknown artists that right. are in the area. Right, which is, that's a great way to do it. Not only does it help uh, things like that, like a, like a dog rescue, which, who doesn't love that, right? Right, absolutely. You're a dog guy. Yeah, I'm absolutely. a dog guy. My lady friend's a dog girl. Yeah. So, she, actually, she's actually, uh, she fosters for that, that organization. And, um, so she's got me turned on to them. So I'm going to try to near the closer to the end of summer. I'm going to start opening negotiations with them on, on how to do this and, and get this, uh, comp CD. And you, know, of course it, you have your choice of either the physical CD. We're not going to do records. Records are very costly. They are. Um, and then the download, you can pay for the download or you can pay for the CD or you can get the CD plus download. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to do it. Yeah. And then, then also get some other people's names out there. Yeah, yeah. Two birds, one stone, man. Man, absolutely, absolutely. The, the community needs to work together, both in the arts and and the organizations that really are important, like Van, the Van. Yeah, you know, I love the Van. Um, I used to be homeless when I was in high school. Uh, when I moved up here, actually, uh, I was homeless for like uh, like three months. It's not a long time to be homeless, but I lived in an abandoned garage in Hot Springs, and uh, had to permit had to pretend not to be homeless. Right. Uh, Went di- dumpster diving quite a bit. Nobody wants to be in that situation. Mm-mm. That's not something you shit out you me. go willingly into. I will never. I, I never want to do it again. And that's why this this whole CDC stuff is happening. Kind of scares me. Yeah. And I wonder how how the economy is going to be affected. It can't be good, man. It can't be good. The more the deeper it gets, the more uh, I'm a little worried about it. And mm-hmm. I don't get real worried about uh, about much. I try mm-hmm. not to let uh, you know too much get to me. And I I worry less about the you know the 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 virus and the situation there more than I worry less about that than the panic. People's panic. The panic. The the the, the, the all the people buying the hell out of toilet paper and, and hand sanitizer. That's ridiculous. Yeah, people are scary. It's a good damn thing I had a lot of toilet paper to begin with. Yeah, that would be we. We're good because we don't have. There's only two of us. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily. Um. Yeah, people. I don't know, man. People are crazy. Yeah, yeah especially when uh, the herd mentality hits. Th- that's it. That's the big thing. The fucking herd mentality. Lemmings. Mm. Jumping off the cliff. Just one by one. What's your take on it? On the coronavirus panic, mm-hmm. I am not so scared of the virus, but yeah, I'm definitely afraid of the panic just because 
Like, I didn't realize just how crazy it was until I went to the grocery store and I was like, that's what a shelf looks like when it's empty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Um, Let me go get mac and cheese. Like, I wasn't even thinking. And then I'm looking at the mac and cheese. I'm like, there's like no mac and cheese here. Mm-hmm. Bitches be tripping. Yeah. I'm like, what if I actually had to just like eat? Like, what if I actually needed groceries that day? Mm-hmm. Like... Not in, like, a hard, like, let me get everything, but I don't know. Everybody else is freaking me out more so. I always keep certain things in my house, but, you know, in case the shit hits the fan, you know. Yeah. Dry beans and dry rice will get you through. Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, there was a time where uh, I was on hard luck, and those were, those were the only thing that got me through. Mm-hmm. Take $3 to the grocery store, buy a bag of rice. and bag of beans and... Make it for through for you know a week or two. Yeah, take you all damn day to make the beans. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's uh, I like it though. I like I like starting beans from the dried uh, like that. You notice how this conversation has evolved to food now? I mean, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Yeah, you can't go amen wrong to with that. food. Amen to that, man. I uh, I, I like to cook a lot. Ditto. What are you good at? Um, that's a hard question. Uh, I try to do a little bit of everything. Uh, I try to do new stuff when I can. I try to get a little weird sometimes. Is he good? Yes, very. Daps. Yeah, I try. Yeah. I try. Um, I, li- I like I like doing new stuff. I like trying to find new stuff to do. Uh, you go on Pinterest. No, no, I probably should. I watch a uh, I watch a lot of cooking uh, cooking stuff when I have the time to cooking porn. Yes, it's my favorite, <laughs> dude. Man, I can't watch that stuff. I'm, I get hungry the entire time. But yes, I'm with you on that. I love it. I love it. But I can't. I, I'm already a two ton honey bun. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I get angry because I can't taste it. Oh man, I, I like to cook too. I, uh, one of the first things I cooked for my lady friend uh, when we first got together was a uh, uh, chicken biryani. I love Indian food. Yeah. I, 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 she says I do pretty pretty decent at it. Nice and spicy. She likes shit spicy. Yeah. So I'll I'll throw down on some chicken biryani or some some kind of like um, uh, something like that. I I make her all kinds of stuff. Chili. I made her chili one time. She she doesn't eat like red meat, but she'll eat like ground turkey. And I've been doing that for years anyway. So I'll make her ground ground turkey chili, and it's 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 the bomb. Yeah, like a good chili, man. Oh my god, yeah. Anytime, anytime. But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll cook constantly. I cook for my kid constantly. Huh? I mean, you know, I'm so not cool. I'm really not cool at all. I'm just this dad that likes music a lot. And uh, and everything I do, my van, it's, it's not cool. I, I drive a freaking mom van, a soccer mom van. I need to put, like, Karen stickers all over the back of it or something. <laughs> but um, I'm, like, anti-cool. But I, I love music so much. But I do all this stuff. I have this other life as a father and, and a responsible adult you know, that pays a mortgage, that it takes his kid to school and that type of thing. And then I have this guy that likes to do music whenever the weeks that I don't have my kid when my baby mama has her. And, um, and I'm, so I'm always, you know, constantly doing something. I'm, I'm hyper creative. And, um, but so there's these two, this duality of who I am, uh, you know, boring guy. And then the guy that does music and still boring, but I do music. (laughs) It's all hats, man. All different hats. Mm. Kind of like Ryan. 
That guy's got a lot of hats. That too. guy's got some hats. Yeah. I got a hat like his kind of, but not because he has it, but I've had it forever. I was like, I was going to wear it one day. I was like, oh, shit, there's Ryan. I can't wear it now. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I always try to wear a hat because I'm bald. You yeah. you have this uh, head of hair. No, dude, dude, dude. I've got like a UFO patch where the, where the mothership took off. Yeah. And it's starting to show, but uh, I just kind of like spike it up so no one, and I'm tall, so no one really... You know, I'm doing this so no one can see. Uh, you know, it's it's tricky. it's all it's it's a mirage, man. Tricky. See, look. Ah, you see that shit? I gotcha. Yeah, I decided that uh, whenever uh, it really starts going, I'm just gonna shave the shit off and you know, beat God if you believe in God to to the punch and just shave the shit off. That's what I did. I was very unfortunate. I noticed mine leaving in ninth grade. No shit. Yeah, man. But bald is good looking though. Bald is there's something dignified about being bald. That whole Captain Picard sexiness that girls like so much. I think of it as it's just it's a it's just a final lack of options. You you either you either go that route where you just you try to hide it, which mm-hmm. you're not you never It's embarrassing to with. hide it. It's yeah. embar- I'm I'm hiding it right now. But or you just embrace it. Or yeah, and eventually I'm going to I'm going to be taking a straight razor to it on a daily basis eventually. But you, right now I've got enough up front. I mean, you you're doing all right. I mean, how old are you? Damn near 50. I mean, I'm I'm an old dude. Yeah, you're you're smiling over there. I see you over there. You've made it you've made it this far. And see that that's where that. that's where the duality comes in. I'm 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 50 years old almost. Still doing music like I'm 20. I did, I had to shave my head at the first time at 23. Really? Yeah. And just, that's it. When did you first start getting tats on your head? Mm, maybe four or five years ago. Late 20s. You got it when we met. Because I remember you talking to me about it. And I was like, No, hmm. I had this one. I've had the one on the side of my head for since 2015, 2016. Four or five years. It looks good. It looks good. That was... the. I mean, I had covered most of my body at that point anyway, and then it was, uh, well, I don't have any hair. Let's just put tattoos on there. I'm running out of space anyway. so Living canvas. Might as well. Yeah. Again, Kudos. lack Kudos. of options. Kudos, man. That's where a lot of my decisions come from. I'm just out of options otherwise, so I just go that route. That's that's how that's how we evolve as, as humans. We run out of options, so we just go to the next best thing. True, yeah. All right. Yeah, whatever, uh, whatever works, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, Megan, mm-hmm. manager of Evolution Up, mm-hmm. she originally was gonna manage me mm-hmm. back in the early days when I started that, and then we just lost touch, whatever. But we used to do the dark market together. You know, she'd do the you know the Arkansas Satanic group, and then I'd do my crazy crafts and action figures and ray guns and that kind of shit and um so we started talking uh, and i was like hey i want you to manage me because you guys you're doing illusion up mm-hmm. and she's done such a good job with illusion up you know and she did the music videos and stuff like that yeah and she'd never you know as far as i know she'd never really done them before and she was so good at it she is she herself i know she's like an apprentice over there at lucky bella i believe right uh she she's working on it yeah that's what she told me the other day. I was uh, talking to her online, and um, I think she said that she's just like consumed with that, and so she just can't handle any more than just illusion up. Yeah, she's yeah, she's got a plate full for sure. Yeah, 
And, um, but anyway, she did such a good job on their videos. Did, have you ever watched the Illusion Up music videos? They're, yeah. they're good, man. She did fantastic on that. Yeah. Very, um, what's a good word to describe it? They're very retro. They are. They are. Uh, very illustrative. Um, real mind warpy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. You know, it's nice to have video artists as well as, you know, all the arts. Like the chick that um, that did the cover, that did this art right here. Her name is Kelly Fur. And uh, she has, like, ferocious art or whatever it is on Instagram. Yeah, I know Kelly. Yeah, she's 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 also one of those really essential members of, this, of, of our, like, group of people that are trying to do something. Yeah, she's at a lot of shows, too. Right, almost all of them. Almost all of them. That's how I first met her, was at, at an Illusionaut show. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so she did that, actually. I did the graphic design, but she did that. That's the that's the piece right there. And uh, she's probably one of the best artists I've ran across in yeah. Central Arkansas. She's fantastic. She is very good. That's just one of those things where you like get all the resources you can, pool them, and then do something fantastic with it. Yeah, yeah. There's a... Sorry, our um, a friend that we've had on here a couple times, uh, Hayden. He uh, he does photography and videography. He shot a couple music videos for some uh, some pop punk pop <laughs> pop punk bands around. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's several of them I know that are doing uh, some good music videos, uh, and, and getting some of their stuff out. Um, not quite in the same realm, but still, you know, stuff going on. I like to research. I'll watch, like, I remember uh, growing up, MTV was fresh, and it was nothing but music videos back in the day before they started putting all the reality shows and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And there was an art to making music videos. And a lot of the times, those record companies would only give the artist $5,000 a video. And they had to make that $5,000 go a long way. And that included travel and, you know, and they actually did it with real film back then. They didn't use, like, VHS cameras, you know, like, you know, like they started trying to do in, in the 90s and then now everything's digital but there was an art form because they had to take nothing and turn it into something and uh, you got to appreciate that and that's what i've been trying to do i do the you know i work on whenever i'm doing music videos i do them with a zero dollar budget and just kind of go by the seat of my pants to the best of my ability yeah that's that's definitely an art oh yeah there's a lot to that i think um there, there's a lot these days that help with that. Uh, a lot of programs, a lot of systems. Uh, I think Lady Gaga shot a a music video or something with her, her new cell line, phone. Stupid Love came out on an iPhone. Was it? I don't know what it's called or what it's it called. Stupid is, Love. But, but anyway, yeah. she shot she shot a, an entire music video on a on an iPhone on the new iPhone. Dude, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do with with what is available for consumers now. See, back then they didn't have it for consumers. Now. You can make a, a, a professional grade music video with close to nothing, you know, with all the software and all the, you know, the tools, the hardware that's available. You know? Yeah. And the I, the new iPhone is so good. I mean, it's like industry quality. I mean, it is. There, there's even just these little, little handheld, uh, you know, they look fantastic. What are those? Uh, just little Canon. Um, Canon Vixia. Yeah, Vixia. G something I don't remember but yeah. I mean even something like that you could shoot you know crazy stuff with and like the GoPros I've got a little GoPro it's an old one but it's fantastic 
as long as you don't mind fisheye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, uh, my brother, he uses one. We, we grew up racing uh, uh, enduro motorcycles, which is basically motocross, but through the woods. Yeah. At ninety miles an hour, and that's 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 the extent of my sports. We did martial arts and we did we did motorcycle racing, and uh, but my brother, he still does it, you know, and uh, he has a GoPro and he has some really cool footage from you know jumping like these ravines and stuff like that. Yeah, those things are impressive. Oh yeah, absolutely. It scares the shit out of me, though. Uh, I'm more yeah. of a pussy than my brother is. Uh, I mean, you got to be pretty tough to be riding a, uh, a dirt bike oh, yeah. uh, that quick through oh, man. dirt I, trails. Man, we used to do it. I, I remember one time we were we were racing through the woods, and, and I hit the stump. And my brother had just taken off and left me. I hit the stump, and, I, and it was daylight. When I woke up from hitting the stump, it was night. And I'm sitting there in the middle of the fucking woods. And I'm like, wow, where the fuck am I? <laughs> And I had to like drive at like five miles an hour, not hit a tree all the way through the trail, try to find my way home. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I uh, I rode dirt bikes with my cousin uh, growing up. Uh, we wiped out a lot. Oh, constantly. even just on he had a little little fifty. Even just riding that thing, just hit a mud puddle and just wipe out. Yeah, I was constantly hitting trees head on because we'd go through and I'd miss miscalculate. I've always had bad vision. I can't see worth a shit. And I just hit everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm terrible on two wheels. <laughs> I'm good on four. Bad on two. I'm not any good on four. Either. My 67 year old <laughs> dad still races motorcycles. He's racing motorcycles today. Holy shit! Yeah, my dad. He's 67. He he can't see worth the shit either. But he's good at racing, and he's a daredevil. My dad. He has no fear factor. You know how like a lot of people have a fear factor. Yeah. He has none. My dad has absolutely nothing. Scares him. And at 67, he's racing over close to Glenwood at Bear Creek today. Jesus. Yeah, just running 90 to nothing through the raining woods. That's a lot of risk, Yeah, he, especially at that age. Yeah, he don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, right? Yeah, he, my dad's a badass. He's, yeah, I'd say so. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a man to be uh, tussled with. Yeah. Yeah. That's someone who will survive. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, in he, this he doggy dog situation. Oh man, he raised us all like that except I'm just I'm I'm the I'm the I'm actually the pussy of the bunch actually. I'm just I'm the guy that's sensitive and likes art and everyone else in my family. My brother's a nurse and he's a badass. My my little brother, my my younger brothers, they're they're both the same and my sister, she's a fourth degree black belt in Ishinru. And uh, she's a she's a little badass. I'm the I'm just I'm just the guy that likes art. <laughs> so I'm, the, I'm I'm kind of the black sheep of of, of of the black sheep family, which is weird because we're all like kind of redneck Adams family ourselves. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, Mm-mm. especially in the area. Oh no, 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 not at all. So where'd you guys get these made? Um, I think I got those from the same company as these, uh, called just Discount Mugs. Hmm. I like that. I think they did the same ones as those. It's beautiful. You can have it if you want. Really? Yeah. Thanks. Score. Yeah. That polish yours, man. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll try to get those out, get those around. About a year ago, I hit you up online for uh, to see if you would want to like like do like some singing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I threw you some of my stuff that I didn't. Yeah, yeah, you sent me a link. I think to I think at this point you had a single out. Mm-hmm, yeah. 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 Cuz you uh, I remember you said something on one of your posts about singing. I was like, "Man, I need to find a chick singer." 
me and my buddy Adrian, we were wanting to do like a like a trip hop project, you know, kind of like Portishead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 we were gonna like we needed someone that was like kind of like a chanteuse, someone that could like you know was a show person that had a good voice. And I hit you up just on I threw you some of my music just so you could see kind of what it what I did. I think you described it as really you were like this is really weird, but you know I was like okay, I mean I listen to weird, I, I can be down. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you disliked it. No, I think I said I liked it. I just, I just remember you very vividly describing it as something like you're like. I think you said your name of the group was weird at the time. You said something was weird, and I was like, "What am I getting into?" <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, it never went any further than that. But, but we're, um, you know, eventually we we are still going to do a project like that. But I've got like so many damn projects, you know, so many irons in the fire. I've got this. This is. This is my baby besides the music yeah. because I think this is the most important thing to do, the shadow transmission. I agree. I completely agree. Just for uh, – just to help get these names in people's faces because I don't think – like you said, most of these are so fantastic mm-hmm. and it's not them being as popular or, or not having enough popularity comes from them just not having enough – eyes on them right right we're we're kind of relegated to obscurity yes yes and there's no need for that i mean if you got people that like it and you know and i've always i in every town i've ever been in in arkansas i always run into someone that likes a similar type of music to me yeah maybe not a whole lot but there's a lot of us out there we're just kind of kind of scattered you know like a scattered band of people that have like-minded ideas and if you can get stuff like this into their hands and you know it increases the size of, of that you know subculture yeah. And that's my whole deal. I'm just trying to grassroots it, man. Almost like guerrilla style. Just like I, I funded it, you know, paid for it out of my pocket and not asking anyone for anything. I just you know, I just think that it's important. Yeah, it is. It's very important. I mean, I'm just, I think that passion is where it needs to be. There's been, there's been a lot of bands that I have accidentally found and been like, man, I wish I had known about you sooner. Mm-hmm. And yeah, two months later they break up because they're not getting gigs or whatever. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm I'm very thankful that Illusionot are still together. I can't wait for them to start playing again. Yeah, because I always like going to their shows. Ryan is a great showman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they are they are fantastic. Yeah, amen to them. Yeah, I think they kind of started it all, and then White Mansion came, and then uh, and then there's Fossils of Ancient Robots, which first time I uh, saw them was at Valley of the Vapors in Hot Springs, and I was like, what the hell is this? Like that, and then I found out that they're from Arkansas. I was like, that was even better. Yeah, and I've been talking to them. They're going to do some shows with us this summer. Nice. So, and then same with the Skull family. We're going to like do like a at least three bands together for like a single night. Yeah. See if we get the freaks out. Fossils of Ancient Robots was was one of those just exactly what I'm talking about. I was at the right place at the right time. Uh, I had there was a whole group of us there at that time uh, as well. There was probably six or eight of us we were like what is this mm-hmm. and we just started jamming having a good time everybody else started having a good time and that's where it is man man it was so great yeah so it's nice to have those kind of artists around and it's nice it, it, if you can get this is what I, I i i find the most uh difficult and that's getting the fans to actually participate in like buying the merch and actually coming to shows and and groups like white mansion are, are doing better than they had but had been in the past whereas you know 
maybe 10 years ago, they probably wouldn't have had anyone show up or if, you know, maybe a handful. Yeah. But because I think there's so many of us that are, you know, just starving for that kind of entertainment. And, um, we, we, you know, we just have to latch on to it. Yeah. There's a whole revival. Uh, and I think people are starting to see that. I think, uh, I know for a long time I had, I had that whole, basically the the same view as everyone else where you know what what we were being fed was the best mm-hmm. and everything else is just you know people trying to get there yeah and uh and all the local stuff was just people starting out and maybe it'll do something but i don't have time when when someone says you're good you're good yeah and it, that's totally wrong right and and getting those people engaged is 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 a difficult thing so i think the more that you can like you know, let people know that it is okay to like that kind of stuff. It is okay to download an album from, from someone local because they are a viable talent. Yeah. And, and there's so many of them, you know, you know, I keep saying illusion up, but also white mansion. They're fantastic. You know, download their music, you know, download everyone that comes from this state if you can, because they deserve it. Yeah. They work hard for that. Yeah. And it's, and they do it at their own expense. You know, going to the studio is not cheap. No, it's not, not at all. No, and I'm about to find that out pretty pretty much the hard way when me and Adrian go in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But um, we're going to end up standing almost an entire weekend over there at Jason's, I think. Yeah, that's uh, that. I mean, it'll be a good time. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun, and uh, and hopefully something great comes out of it. I love his setup, man. He, he's got everything just already plugged in. No, no setup time. You just go in and go. Yeah. I love that. He's, I mean, he's been doing it a while, you know? Yeah. He played a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, my buddy Adrian, I keep saying his name because he's the guy I'm working for the live stuff with. That guy is very meticulous. He is he is a stickler for detail. And he's like, hey, I want to hear everything you got. So he started, so Jason started like pulling out all this music so that he could hear a little bit of everything that Jason's done from, you know, jazz to, to just alternative to whatever. And, uh, it was hard to impress impress Adrian, but finally we, you know, he got him persuaded and like, yeah, dude, this is where we're going. Yeah. So, and I like Jason. Jason's got good energy. I'm one of those kind of people. I feel people out by their energy. Do you ever do that? Uh, I mean, first impressions, sure. I do it a lot. You know, you could tell a lot by someone almost initially, by you know what kind of person they were. You know, looking in their eyes and you know the body language, the subtle cues. Yeah. And uh, I could tell right off the bat that Jason was a cool dude. What uh, was it? Something specific, dude. He he. Um, when I first met him and looked in his eyes, I knew he wasn't going to bullshit me. Yeah, I could just tell. I could just tell. And the fact that he he charged way less than he should for studio time that, that, that was that just spoke volumes in that in that regard as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been around. That he's been around. He, for a long time, he was the only studio I knew in the area that I had heard of. You know, mm-hmm. um, he he's big in the the local industry for sure. What was the other one Blue Chair? Uh, Jason? No, no. There's another one called Blue. Was it? Blue? That's Darren. Darren. Yeah. Is yeah. that Blue Chair? Blue Chair. Yeah, I've heard about that one as as well. But I haven't. I didn't. Even, I didn't even go past Jason. Yeah. I like Jason. It's in like a little residential neighborhood, and yeah. I was like, man, this is in the bottom of your fucking house. This is awesome. I mean, yeah, why not, right? All right, yeah. And it's so, it's it's like, it's. I walked in, I was like, man, this is like NASA. <laughs> <laughs> because of all the control panels and everything that was everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. I've never, I mean, I've never recorded anything in a, in a real legit studio, but, um, there's a lot of small ones. A lot of people just deciding to do their own stuff. Uh, levels. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're, uh, kind of a really hardcore, you know, sort of, sort of style. Um, their uh their drummer he he built his own little studio at his place out uh near bb mm-hmm. uh he's recording some bands nice uh yeah little 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 jams like that you know uh basically the same thing you know real just in his place just set up ready to go uh one of my brother's friends uh jamie pettis he has a band called empyrean have you heard them they're kind of a metalcore band uh-uh. fronted by a by a female lead singer, man, they're amazing. And she does these really just dynamic vocals in this, and then with the hard, just crunching guitars and the the pounding drums that are almost tribal, and the beautiful bass that just kind of follows the drums. It's, it's gorgeous music, and they're a local band from here. Yeah, there's some good metal. I love metal. There if, is. if it's done if it's done well, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I think for a long time that's what was coming out of here. Uh, just kind of that and. And on that countryside, and I think it was just the the polar opposite situation, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and then then you'd have the bar bands that just all they did was covers. Right. I mean, yeah. you you're always gonna have that. Yeah. No matter where you go, no matter you know which city or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's just a uh, another way to generate income for you know people playing music, people that just want to do that for a living. Um, I know. Uh, I was talking to my friend Corey. He does a uh, little podcast, Crashcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's been on here. We did a show. Uh, he also is in. Uh, he drums for uh, My Hands to War. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, he's got a little cover band project, basically that they play in bars just to generate income for right. their other projects. Right. Uh, and he was talking about it. Uh, I remember him saying that he. You know that's not one that he you know generally just enjoys. Uh, you know, but it pays the bill. Music, but you know, yeah, I keeps totally things get that. going. I totally get that. You know, it's nice to have your your hands in a bunch of different kitties. Uh, have you ever heard of Randall Shreve? He's out of Fayetteville. Mm-mm. He um he has his own project, which he just goes and plays like kind of covers all over the state. But he also does the Freddie Mercury tribute. Did you go to the Freddie Mercury tribute when he was at the Rev Room? Mm-mm, no, I think I was working that night. Dude, his Freddie Mercury is spot on. Really? But Randall Shreve, he also does that thing where you like, you know, you, you have projects for this, you have projects for that. And he has his hands in a lot of different kitties. And uh, his his real art, his Randall Shreve project, where they're like doing all of his originals, is fantastic. He's probably one of the best songwriters in the state. But his Freddie Mercury is spot on. And he uh, he's got the vocal range and everything. And when they came to the Rev Room, uh, me and my lady friend went, and I was just blown away. She'd seen him before, but I'd never, I didn't, you know, I, I had kind of low expectations, and I was like, wow, freaking amazing. So if he ever comes back, which he will, he comes back at least once a year, go to it because it's something to behold. Does he play with a, a full band? In full there? band, full band. Matter of fact, I got a picture on my, my phone here. Yeah, let me check that out, dude. I'll, I'll show you what he looks like. Cause he's he is the spitting image. That's a that's a hard sell too. Someone who can do Freddie Mercury well is impressive. Okay, he's got the look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, 
Yeah. And he's got the vocal range, and man, he hits it. That's the impressive part for sure. Oh yeah, but he has the he has the mannerisms that Freddie Mercury had when Freddie Mercury was on stage. He has all of those moves. Did you guys go to the uh, Depeche Mode Strange Love uh, experience? Yeah. All right. Well, you remember how the lead singer, the guy that was doing the the lead singer Depeche Mode, he has those moves. It's like he's been watching Depeche Mode like one oh one over and over again on repeat, trying to figure out Dave Gahan's moves. He Randall Shreve did the same thing apparently for for Freddie Mercury. He has it down, and, and just like the guy from from the Strange Love experience, that, that guy was pretty badass. Yeah, I I was more impressed with him than I expected to be. Uh, I had heard some great things. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, the fact that they were endorsed by Depeche Mode that's that screams volumes right there. Yeah, that was uh. I had I had pretty high expectations from that, mm. uh, but I was I was pleasantly impressed. Oh yeah, yeah, they they tore it up. That was the second time I've seen it. Really seen them? Yeah, uh, that's how I actually I met my lady friend. It was the first time I saw it. I met her, and then a year later we're dating. But was, was that here as well? Yeah, yeah. They they, they November of two thousand eighteen. Yeah, I think it was. They played over the Rev, and you know those kind of shows just don't come through town that often. So you gotta latch on to him while you can so i went there and that's how i met her yeah that's another one of those uh you know along the lines of that underground sort of scene oh yeah it's 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 you know but people are grown up now and people that that like that kind of stuff growing up you know like they never really had the opportunity maybe if they came from here and so when those kind of shows come through like they had nxs as well a guy that a band that did like covers of nxs stuff and they did like the entire experience that was like playing at the rev room and those guys are spot on. It's a it's a pretty interesting take. I would say it's not um, not as good as seeing the actual band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but no. it's definitely as close as you can get. Yeah, it's it's better than nothing at times. It's, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it's better than fucking nothing. <laughs> For sure. For sure. If you can't see Depeche Mode, this is a great runner up. Now they need to do a Cure one. They need someone that does the Cure. I would love that. Yeah. Or you too. Maybe U2. I don't know. You can still see U2. Yeah, U2. Yeah, but, you know, you can still see Depeche Mode. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But I'm just saying, like, for, like, these weird little satellite cities that aren't very big, they don't, like, Depeche Mode wouldn't come here in a million years. Yeah. The Cure wouldn't come here in a million years. Yeah. Uh, There's just not enough people here that would, you know, fill it up. But uh, seeing an experience, like, one of these bands that does, like, covers. Yeah. You know, it's, like, the next best thing. That's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like getting the best choice brand of, of rock band. The generic store, bra- store brand. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 second place at the yeah. Olympics. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, I've seen Depeche Mode. So, so, and I know that he, he, he's dead on. The guy that does the Depeche Mode one. He, he's dead on. Uh, but uh, they need more of those. I bet you those are going to like be a thing like, like in the next 10 years. Yeah. I bet you there's going to be so many of those kind of bands all over the place just playing like the experience for this, the experience for that. The, the Freddie Mercury tribute was fantastic, dude. That would be one I'd be really interested to see just because I'm a, I am like Queen so much. Oh, I, man, I, grew, I was weaned on Queen. <laughs> and Ween. I was weaned on Ween as well. <laughs> but yeah, Queen, man, my parents gave me Queen records when I was a kid, and I'd just run those things in the fucking ground. What did you think of the movie? The movie was uh, was great. It was great. I liked the uh, Rocket Man one, the, the Elton John one better. I haven't seen that one. That one was that one was a little bit more true to life. Um, 
than the Freddie Mercury one. Uh, originally, I think, um, you know, Brian May and all those guys, they wanted a, a little bit more hand in, in the Freddie Mercury one, the Bohemian Rhapsody, but um, they didn't get as much accuracy in, it, in there as the as Elton John. Elton John did have his hand in the in the uh, Rocket Man one, and that one was bloody brilliant. Didn't uh, the guy who played Elton John in that movie, didn't he uh, also do the vocals or something like that? I believe he did. I yeah, believe he did. I, I believe I he trained. Like Man, the musical, the music to that was phenomenal. You know, all the music numbers. And they did it kind of like, it was kind of biographical, but in a musical way. So there was a lot of musical numbers that were part of the dialogue. But it's still fantastic. Yeah, I need to check it out. I, yeah. I didn't get a chance to see it. But I had, I had heard some good things. I did enjoy Bohemian Rhapsody though. That was that was a great one. Oh man! So I can only imagine. Oh, it was phenomenal. I expect to see more of those too. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, I, and you know, people want to know about their their favorite artists. I think. Yeah. Especially the iconic ones like Elton John and Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah, your big guys. You know, with uh, uh, Ozzy Osbourne on his last leg. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before before they do a biopic on him. Hey, I think he definitely will have one. Uh, I grew up on Ozzy. Have you? I guess uh, now he's doing his music videos are featuring uh, like Jason Momoa. Yeah, or, yeah something interesting like that. I, yeah. I had seen like a, a headline on it or something. Yeah, and, uh, Jason Momoa, he's awesome anyway. So sure, yeah, he's uh, I mean, a cool dude, married in a great family. Mm-hmm, yeah. Freaking Lisa Bonet. Man. Gorgeous. Man. <laughs> I used to have a crush on her when I was a kid. I loved all those Cosby girls. I was like, damn. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. No. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Yeah, he's got it. He, he's got this uh, this generation, uh, Jason Momoa. Uh, he's got it. He's got it going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a guy that has uh, movie nights, and his name is uh, he, his name is Tim, but he, he goes by Ed, Edgar's Nocturne. He has these movie nights at his place, kind of like uh, uh, Jason does over at the the Dead Moose or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> I forget the name of it, something Moose. Um, but anyway, he has movie nights at his place, and they're always thematic. And he had like Jason Momoa night, and you know that's that's my lady friends. It's it's her crush. Sure, and, I think a lot of women have that. Oh yeah. <laughs> What is he like? Ten feet tall and just nothing but muscle, something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> yeah, ten foot tall, three hundred pounds of muscle. Oh, that fucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your take? Long hair. I like Lisa Bonet. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I like yeah. I like that a little bit more. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, Lisa. I remember when she did a. Was it a? What was that movie she did where she got nude in the in the. 80s or 90s and, and and Bill Cosby just had a shit fit um, it was like some kind of like a, a voodoo movie and I, it had Mickey Rourke in it but I remember she did that movie and I can't remember the name of it to, to save my life and uh, it basically it ruined her career so far as Cosby was concerned and he kind of ostracized her and she wasn't on the show as much after that but I remember I, I watched that movie over and over again just to see her naked Cosby the uh, the rapist? You know, Bill Cosby, you see. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about my jello jiggler. Cosby the rapist, not God. a fan of Lisa Bonet's uh, new Yeah, well, now... Interesting. Yeah, isn't that, though? 
It's actually it's pretty the hypocrisy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially like he didn't. Uh, uh, so much of his his image uh, in that you know was was trying to be so clean and cut and yeah. one of the biggest serial rapists that uh, has come out in the recent years. It's been known. Yeah, and you know. I wasn't there. I don't. I don't know. But you know, a lot of women came forward, and um, you know what? You're fucking up. You're fucking up. You are. You know, don't do that kind of shit. I hear your dogs. Yeah, he must have uh, escaped. It sounds like it. I hear the. I hear the clock. Mine does that too. When yeah. She gets out of the kennel. Yeah, he's. Uh, that's that's his jam. Are you looking up the Lisa Bonet movie with Mickey Rourke? You started yeah. anyway. I don't know what year to even. It's like in the '80s. Look up Lisa Bonet and Mickey Rourke. Angel Heart. Angel That's Heart. it. There you go. That's it. I didn't even. Uh, I didn't even know she was nude in a movie. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, man, it caused all kinds of controversy, especially in the Cosby camp. Yeah. Uh yeah. I mean, did they send her to college for that? Is that around that same? Like they were like, oh no, Lisa Bonet's got to go to college now in yeah. the Cosby Show. Right. I okay. think that's. Yeah, I think that's the period when when he started ostracizing her. So she wasn't in the show hardly at all if you know maybe like onesies and twosies interesting yeah, yeah. yeah there's a whole history behind that and i remember like yeah i was a teenager at the time so you know what i was doing what is she doing now <laughs> jason momoa general yes i think that's, that's <laughs> just gen- that is what she's, <laughs> she's doing right now <laughs> now to some she's the luckiest woman in the world her, wait, Jason's married to her the daughter, right? She's no, with Jason is Jason is married to Lisa, who's the mom. But she was originally married to Lenny Kravitz, which is Zoe's dad. She's mm-hmm. she's yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I remember when they got married too. When yeah. when Lenny Kravitz married her in the nineties. Yeah. Just a very spicy family, basically. Very spicy. I mean, that's... and they're all friends, so it's extremely yeah. spicy. But you know what? I'm friends with my baby mama boyfriend, so it's all good. I mean, why not? Right. 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 Keep things peaceful. It's usually better that way. Yeah. Fuck the drama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it becomes a cold war after a while. It. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have. Uh, that's one of the reasons I'm very glad I don't have any mix uh, in that situation. Mm-hmm. You're lucky. You're lucky. Yeah, very lucky. <laughs> but you know what? I love my kids, man. My kids are cool as fuck. My uh, my uh, my oldest, she's cool. Uh, my youngest is way cool. She, my my youngest, she's a little artist and a musician, just like me. So she's uh, she'll probably actually be famous. I'll I'll never I'll never ever be anything other than a guy that tinkers in his room. Or maybe occasionally plays a club. But my youngest, she's probably going to be famous. Nice. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. No. So besides going in the studio, you guys got anything else uh, coming up? Well, the big thing with um, with Necropolitan Opera is going to be the live performance band. that and It's all original. Well, I say we have a couple of covers. But it's mostly originals. Yeah. We're going to record an EP. We're going to put it on Spotify and everywhere else. That's easy enough. Um, and then we're going to just do some playing with some local bands, maybe, you know, the surrounding states, you know, uh, Kansas City, you know, uh, maybe even St. Louis, Oklahoma City, because there's a couple places you can play in Oklahoma City that does that kind of music. Uh, Tulsa, and, you know, places like within a day's drive. Yeah. 
and then just set them up, set up like a micro tour like that, but try to play that kind of thing. We're, we're actually toying the idea of getting like a, um, a, um, a copper master record, just paying for a copper master. Like they do when they're making the press plates for records, buying one, they're like about 150 bucks and then molding it with like really super, super, uh, detailed, uh, silicone and see if we can press it using acrylic. Like your own pressing, yeah. Like pressing it yourself? yeah, just actually mold and cast it ourselves by the plate, and then see what see how that works. I've seen it done online, and it's like you know, it seemed like it'd be a lot less expensive because it's like for like three hundred records, is is like you know a thousand bucks. Yeah, it's uh, it's pricey. Yeah, there's I can't a, afford that. I mean, there's a big revival with the vinyl now too, which makes it even more, uh, I mean, capitalistic. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, but you have to buy those those press plates and that's what's expensive yeah is and you have to buy one for each side it's like three hundred dollars right there at least and that's not counting any kind of master because you have to master specifically for vinyl Mm -hmm. otherwise it sounds like shit yeah well yeah i mean we're gonna experiment and see see how that goes it may be three hundred dollars down the drain just for the press plates uh that's better than uh you know a couple grand oh yeah oh yeah easy and, uh, and and piles and piles of shit you can't move. Yeah, yeah, coasters, like I've got. Yeah. <laughs> no, these, I, I think these are great. I'm talking about my CDs. I've got like, well, I, I got rid of a lot of them, but I, not as many as I'd like to have. I think I paid for them, finally. But, but <laughs> that's, just. That's the trick, breaking even. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm happy breaking even. I just give the rest of them away. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I give you kind of a small, small pile. They have like stickers and shit in them, so. Nice, yeah. yeah. I'm stoked to check it out. I, I've listened to uh, a couple of the singles. Uh, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. Well, I did. I did a couple of singles back at Christmas uh, for my lady friend. Uh, just, just being, being uh, romantic. Just like, hey, I wrote you a song, baby. Merry Ooh. Christmas. Uh, it got her all gushy. So fancy. Yeah. So she stick. She she stuck around. So that's. I guess I did the right thing, <laughs> but it was just a single. It's just for her, just for her. But uh, and then I've got another EP coming out probably in the next, um, probably by the end of the summer. Yeah, so I've been recording. Yeah, yeah, but I recorded my home studio. I don't. I I recorded that entire thing, and it sounds good. It, I, I recorded it on my little home studio. It didn't, you know, nothing, no bells and whistles or frills, but it still sounds good. I think um, good enough to get it, get it on a comp in, in Europe. I think. So, yeah. So. Uh, I mean. I mean, that's it. Yeah. I mean, and I recorded that shit in my bedroom, the stuff I sent them. So, and they, they put it on there. So there you got that. But anyway, so, so anyway, the big thing is Necropolitan Opera is going to be my serious project with, with Adrian James. And we're going to hopefully make some headways playing with some of these other bands and getting the word out more. And see, these were going to be like everywhere. I'm going to like, matter of fact, I'm giving some of these to Gary over at, um, over at club Nevermore to pass out for all the club Nevermore events. I've got like a, Shit ton of them in my back of my my soccer mom van. <laughs> Your van's loaded with uh, with these ready to roll. Oh yeah, that's what. It's a good thing about having a van, right? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It is what it is, man. It is what it is. Yeah. I well, got, I got children. I mean, yeah. I'm sure that's a good enough reason, right mm, there. Carry my kids around and shit. Now we're uh, we're looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, uh, good. Both with uh, the clusters of fornication stuff, uh, Necropolitan Opera. You got anything uh, with anything else coming out? 
Uh, no, not really. We'll probably do some music videos. I'm working on a music video for Necropolitan Opera right now, but I had to do that because it's all animation. And uh, that shit's uh, time-consuming. So that, Yeah, that's it. So anime. I started, like, you know, preemptively. We already know the direction we're going, kind of like really kind of creepy animation, kind of like Adam Jones does with tool videos. Okay. A lot of it, like, from, like, Stink Fist and that kind of stuff, sober. If you remember those videos. Are you doing the animation yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'll show you some pictures. Yeah. And then I know that we're probably pushing time here. But I'll show you some of the characters or a character that I've created that's that's part of, the, like, one of the main characters for this animation. She's a kind of like a doll head kind of that's creepy as fuck. But she's kind of a robot at the same time. Is it uh, is it themed? Oh yeah, it's very just kind of uh, it's it's kind of like a dark, just kind of a. There's no real story. There's no underlying um, narrative, other than than um, than the fact that it's just kind of creepy dolls and creepy like like people that are in this little weird universe. Let's see. There she is. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. So I I do I do stop motion animation. That's one of the things I specialized in when I was in school, and uh, so I, I've got like just imagine these guys moving around this little universe. It's 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 fully decked out universe that I created. Like all this dilapidated structures and 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 sets that these characters are in. So I, I just animate them within those little you know constructs, and uh, gives them almost like a Tim Burton goes to hell kind of. Man, I atmosphere. love that animation style. Mm. Um, so time consuming. I would love to to try it if I had the time. There's this uh, claymation video that I saw probably for the first time when I was 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that kind of area. Um Look up, look up claymation video more. Uh, that's what it's titled, and I think there was there was an artist, uh, Kenna or or something like that, that used the this video as his music video. Hmm. Um, Kenna, I remember Kenna. Kenna, Kenna, yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of a. He does. He used to do kind of kind of new wavy type of stuff and then he's kind of gravitated towards soul mark osborne that's the guy who did this video um play a little bit of it play a little bit of it i love it it's man it it's always stuck in my brain Mm. and just every once in a while it just clicks and i think about it and i i love it it's just a very interesting video and that's what got me really interested in that animation style as well I did a I did a fully animated uh, oscillating rift uh, music video, the only one I ever did for oscillating rift called Spectre, and I completely everything in it's completely animated like that that kind of dark grungy kind of animation. Do you put it out? Yeah, it's it's online. You can see it. I'll have to check it out as well. I complain about it. I think every episode this fucking internet. Oh man, my uh, my internet sucks too. I have to make sure my kid's not on it so I can be on it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I upgraded, but I've got the best that that I can get here. But I've got to figure out a way to hardwire everything. Everything is on the opposite end of my house, mm. and it 
I don't know, something about this room, maybe? I don't mm. know. It's a, it's I notice a, I don't have very much signal in here. Yeah, it's kind of a pit. But you know what? I love this idea. This podcast is amazing. I've watched a couple of episodes. This is another thing I'm hoping to help kind of generate similar to, to what you got with the I'm going to put you on the next one when I do it in six months. I mean, I just put this out about a week or two ago, but the next one is coming out in six months, so I'm going to do them like twice a year. So I'll put that on there for sure because all of this stuff needs to be like inclusive. Yeah. I think. that I want to help get word out, help people know what's going on. Oh, yeah, What's yeah. happening. I'm not particularly a, a, a vibrant talker, obviously, but um, – but I have some good ideas, I think, you know, when it comes to, like, promoting shit. This is fantastic. Mm, this thank is, you. And, and physical to put in people's hands, plus you have it digitally with, mm. with all the quick links. Oh, yeah. So that's a very smart idea. I'm going to uh, start putting these in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like, here. Here you go, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I'm going to put some of these uh, in the car. They, they, my business cards, I'm so terrible about, uh, like, having one of those on me. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, that's the way to go, man. Just old school, get it in people's hands, in front of their eyes. That's what you got to do. You know, some of them are going to end up as trash. I understand that. Uh, that's any anything like this, mm-hmm. any any advertisement, you're going to have that, right? Mm, oh, absolutely. See, I love it already. You got some volume? Give me some volume. Here we go. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love it. And it's got that uh, that new order uh, in the background is the the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is almost like a tool video, isn't it? Yeah. It's these things like this that, that, which, I mean, it's probably that part of, like we were talking about earlier, that nostalgic bone that I have that just, but shit like this just sticks and, and every once in a while it just, you know, kicks in and I think, oh man, remember that claymation video more? There is so much detail in this. I can, something I, see, I always do stuff that are kind of a little bit more intimate. Something that's not as time consuming. Something I could do. I did like three seconds of animation. Took me about three hours. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, you know, that's a huge chunk of my day. Yeah. And so I just had to do it when I can. This probably took months. Yeah, yeah. That's what the the time stop animation is not a quick, easy thing. Just like you said, I mean, but you got to love it. That much time put in for something so little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It's uh, 24 frames per second is, is uh, what they usually do on stop motion animation. So, God, thousands and thousands of, 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 of shots. So much time, man. But you come up with something really rad. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's really what makes me even more appreciative of it, you mm-hmm. know? I'll send you a link later on to, to that video just so you, you can see it. Yeah, I definitely like to check because it out. because it's it's almost it, it is entirely stop stop motion animated, but it took me forever to do it. Sure, but 
I, I, that's why I'm starting this other one for me and Adrian. We're, we're going to do like some stuff in it where we're actually going to be lip syncing or whatever the whatever the hell. But we're going to have so much stop motion in it to keep it more interesting rather than just a couple dudes doing music. You know, because, you know, you see that all day long on MTV. But sure. this kind of shit catches your interest. Yeah. I think, personally. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you from experience it does. Yeah, I love it. For me. Well, tell us, uh, tell us where we can find you. Tell us where uh, we can check out what you got going on. Okay. Everything. Shadowtransmissions.com. That's the most important. That's the one where you can get the resources and uh, view the interactive uh, version of the card that for the Fringe Entertainment. Uh, and then there's uh, the, the necropolitanopera.com for, for the upcoming project with Adrian James. And then there's uh, clustersoffornication.com for my personal music. And and Oscillating Rift doesn't have a .com. It's just on Bandcamp. So just look for Oscillating Rift on Bandcamp. And that's it. Nice. Yeah. We're uh, we're looking forward to what you got coming. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Thanks again for coming. Yeah. This has been great. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, as always, you guys know where to find us. Um, I think there's still shit uh, on sale. Um, trying to make room for new shit uh, as far as merch and shit like that. But you know where to find us. Uh, all that jazz. We'll see you next time. Later.